Ladies and gentlemen, we, the prosecution is not going to get that man today. No, because I'm going to get him. Hagman Report. We got a great show lined up for you today. Um, we broadcast on on three separate outlets. We're live on YouTube, seven to ten p.m. on Blog Talk Radio, as well as Global Star Radio Network, Monday through Friday, seven to ten p.m. Our websites are HagmanReport.com and HagmanandHagman.com. And I know my father's been uh, bringing back HomelandSecurityUS.com. So bookmark HagmanReport.com for your news and information, and HagmanandHagman.com for all the show information. Hagman Report also has show information. Tonight we got a fantastic show lined up for you. Um, John's with me this first hour. We're going to be covering some news and current events in the first half hour, first segment, followed by Lane Miller in segment number two. And then we'll be joined by IQ Al Rizzoli in hours two and three. And we're going to really dig into some international news and what's going on with the situation from Syria to North Korea. Um, domestically and internationally and that's going to be a fantastic interview um let's just jump right into it there's a it's a heavy it's been a heavy news week and i want to open up um i guess we can start with what we plan on starting with john the syrian gas attack um and i want to to take a step back and look at this from a few angles one what what's happened in the last seven days what's been in the news the last seven days and the reason i ask that is because are we seeing um, one of two things? I believe it's both. One, to control the narrative in the mainstream news, and two, to finish the globalist neocon agenda to remove all uh, stability of the Middle East in order to continue uh, to destabilize it, throw it into civil war, to steal resources. Um, and there might be other objectives there. Uh, as we've seen through, from Libya to Egypt to uh, Syria that's been in civil war for years, from Iraq, all the destabilization, all the, you know, we're, we're going in there to liberate these people, all the, the false claims of weapons of mass destruction and, uh, you know, the babies being thrown out of incubators. And, I mean, we've been lied to. A lie has, has basically been a, a pretext to war every time, you know, for the last 50 years, even back to World War II. Why should we believe it's any different now? But we're seeing a lot of interesting things in the news about this. So what's happened in the last seven days regarding uh, in relation to Syria and around uh, what's been going on here that they would need to change the narrative from? Well, on March 30th, 2017, the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. said that they were not going for regime change in Syria. Then, a few days later, Rex Tillerson said the same that their goal was not regime change in Syria. Instead, they wanted, um, they said Assad could remain in power, but they wanted to end the, the violence. And, uh, quoting Trump, to uh, take out the Islamic radical terrorist element in Syria and, and wipe out ISIS. We also had the Susan Rice story this week, which, if you recall, today's Thursday on Monday, it started to gain a lot of traction. 
We uh, There's a report from the Daily Caller today that sums up the story nicely. Susan Rice has given two different answers in the last 15 days on unmasking Trump officials. And this goes into how she's changed her story um, twice in the last two weeks, saying she didn't know anything about what was going on, to admitting to unmasking um, people associated with Donald Trump and Donald Trump himself in intelligence briefings. But she goes on to say she did not do it for political purposes, which I don't believe for a second. Now, was the Susan Rice story picking up enough traction to need something like this in Syria happen? I don't think so. And I don't think the Susan Rice's story is going to go away, regardless of what happens in Syria. Uh, I don't think they're going to let that go. And then we have to ask what's been happening in Syria uh, would Assad do this? And what is the history of chemical attacks in Syria? And one thing that's interesting that I find in a number of different commentators, former politicians, a, a good example of this, Peter Ford, he's the former UK ambassador to Syria. He says in an interview about these latest attacks that um, he, he said that he believes Assad had nothing to do with it. He sees no benefit, um, no means, no motive, no opportunity, no reason. He goes on to say that the interventionalists of the West are like dogs returning to their own vomit. And I think that sums up nicely what we've seen happen in the last 20 years and, you know, really ramped up into, through the Obama administration and destabilizing a number of these different countries throughout the Middle East. Now, there are uh, a number of stories that go back to 2013. They're saying this is the worst attack that has happened in six years, the worst chemical attack that has happened in six years. But there's two interesting points. The 2013 gas attack shows that the it was the rebels, not Assad, even though they tried to blame it on Assad at first. Then it was found out that the, the uh, sarin gas was not military-grade and that uh, as it came from two different nations. We have conflicting reports um, about the the latest attack. And if you go back, and one of the interesting things that needs to be pointed out here uh, from Obama himself, from his advisors and um, pundits, they've been reporting now that Bashir al-Assad, the president of Syria, for years has his stockpile of chemical weapons was turned over and destroyed. Now, that's not to say that no more couldn't be created or wouldn't be created. There's also reports that rebels have been stockpiling chemical weapons in schools and other um, civilian uh, population areas in different cities in Syria. But there, if folks, if you go to the freebeacon.com, they have all the Obama, a lot of the Obama administration's um, comments and claims about Syria turning over their chemical weapons. Obama himself said, uh, it turns out we're getting chemical weapons out of Syria without initiating a strike. Uh, for several years, Democratic lawmakers and Obama administration officials have touted that Syria turned over 100% of its chemical weapons stockpile. Former Secretary of State John Kerry, we got 100% of the chemical weapons out. Even after that was said, Obama issued a statement August 18, 2014, um, promoting his achievement of removing the chemical weapons from Syria. May 2015, Bloomberg reported that Assad used chemical weapons after the Syria, uh, after the Obama administration's red line claim, and Obama dismissed the reports. And he goes on to say that. Syria turned all over the chemical weapons. Josh Earnest, the former White House press secretary, 
on Morning Joe said four times in the last two years of the Obama administration that Assad did not have chemical weapons or a chemical weapons stockpile. Before leaving, leaving office, Obama was asked on 60 Minutes, and he uh, goes on to say that he doesn't regret the way he did things, and as long as Assad, uh, he, he believes it was true that Assad got rid of all his chemical weapons, and he wouldn't go back and change anything with that. So now we're, we're supposed to believe that for some reason, as Assad is, is continuing to, Assad, Russia, and parts of whoever else is in Syria, are have ISIS's back to the wall. Assad was told he could stay in by the U.S. ambassador to the U.N. and by Rex Tillerson within the last six days. Now, out of nowhere, he's going to drop chemical weapons on a, on a civilian population. To me, it doesn't make much sense. And we're going to bring in John uh, Robertson, who's with us, to get his opinion on the, the uh, chemical weapons attack. And, John, I know we talked before the show about this. I'm not sure how far you want to get into this. But you have some opinions on what's going on. Well, Joe, thank you so much for inviting me back to spend some time with you this evening. Greetings and God's blessings to all of the uh, Hagman Report listeners and viewers. And, you know, let's take a look at this from a, uh, the big picture first. Let's use a wide lens on our camera to start off with. Folks, we've got hundreds and hundreds of dead bodies piled up in Syria. We've got more questions than answers. But remember, at the Hagman and Hagman Report, we defend the defenseless. We stick up for kids and a lot of women... And a lot of children, be they Syrian nationals, Iraqi nationals, Assyrians, Christian or Muslim, are dead. And they were innocent. Now, the big picture, what do we see in the uh, post-Trump election period? Globalism is in tatters. In fact, I was wondering what uh, has been shredded uh, to a worse extent, the globalist agenda or the fake stream media coverage uh, of issues like Syria today. Globalism is in tatters, folks. The globalist hegemony worldwide is being stunted. It's being stopped cold globally by China in the Far East, by Russia in Eurasia, regionally in the Middle East, by Iran and by Syria. Now, we may have uh, political and spiritual differences with Iran, but I would imagine most Hagman listeners agree that they do have a right to their sovereign nation state. And Joe, I would submit to you that one of the key bulwarks here in the United States, keeping this globalist agenda at bay, are all of the Hadman listeners and the Second Amendment of our Bill of Rights. So the globalist agenda is a mess. And what better way to give the globalist agenda uh a strong toehold in the region than this attack just the other day in Syria. Now, Joe, I'm going to hand it back to you, but I will comment briefly uh, on what I discussed with uh, Colonel Sargis Sangari. Folks, I spent a brief moment with the colonel on the phone just before the show. Uh, you'll want to go to westernfreepress.com. Again, that's westernfreepress.com. And uh, take a look at the article there. Uh, by Luis Perez, uh, four key takeaways from the Syrian chemical attack. Joe, I'll lay these on you and I'll bounce it back to you. Again, from Colonel Sangari, who was kind enough to agree to join uh, Doug and Joe Hagman at the top of Hour 1 tomorrow evening, uh, Friday, April 7th, 7 p.m. Eastern. Colonel Sangari from Peshmerga will join Doug and Joe and we'll go over this in more detail. Bottom line is, there's no positives here for Assad. 
Why? Well, Russia has been in country, boots on the ground, for two years. And uh, Colonel Sangari was very adamant about this. Russia has a, a physical presence in all of the towns all across the entire country of Syria. In fact, they have what they call Russian hunter search teams that are actively seeking high-value targets all over the place. So for Assad to create this attack himself has the distinct potential, Joe, to kill a bunch of these Russian soldiers in these hunter search teams, which, of course, would be biting the hand that feeds him with Russia's support of his regime since the beginning of the Civil War. Uh, Sangari, Colonel Sangari went on to say, the key here is to always look at this through the perspective of the globalist agenda. Now, what better way for the globalists to to fight their way back to the table, so to speak, than to get this into the United Nations and to introduce the necessity of a peacekeeping mission and to, in, and to uh, introduce peacekeeping forces into the region. But there's also a spin on that, folks. Remember, this would be a Security Council resolution, a United Nations Security Council resolution, and Russia, as one of the five permanent members of the UN Security Council, has full veto power. The takeaway here, there is no benefit to the Assad regime to do this vis-a-vis uh, -vis a false flag whatsoever, and regardless of how this plays out in Syria or in the United Nations, Russia wins, the U.S. loses. Joe? Well, first, John, I want to disagree with you right off the bat. I don't believe the globalist agenda is a mess at all. I believe they are in full control of not only much of what happens, but the narrative and the minds of many of the people out there. And though they may have had to sidestep and change things up a little bit, I believe they're, they're as, as prevalent and as strong as ever. And I think that, you know, what just happened in, in uh, Syria with these attacks shows that. I think the warmongering from, from North Korea shows that. I think the, the stranglehold on the financial system, uh, continues to show that. And though they may not be moving in a straight line, I disagree very much that they are in a, in, in shambles or, or in a mess. You know, we, we see the continuation of, um, the conflicts. We see the, the continuation of the devaluation of not only the dollar, but currencies around the globe and how close we are to some kind of catastrophe in the economic realm. If you think about it, it'd only take a, a few more um, major events before they can actually roll out their, you know, one world globalist new world order plans. But um, beyond that, back to the, the Syrian attack, I want to make sure I, this is something I, I forgot to mention. There's two things here. Um, that really aren't being talked about in the news. One is the conflicting reports. Uh, two days ago on the 4th of April, the New York Times and others said that it was a chlorine-filled barrel bombs that were dropped. Now they're saying it was sarin gas, which is a uh, some kind of organ phosphate gas. And the, the uh, damages or the symptoms that it, it puts on people are completely different. So we're right off the bat, they said it was a chlorine attack. Now they're saying it was a sarin gas attack. And there's a lot of conflicting reports. CNN actually put a child on today and from Syria or allegedly from Syria. And the first question they asked, do you blame Assad for the attacks? And, you know, the two little child, yes. And 
it's a you know a propaganda piece. And two, there is video um, of a doctor there named Shajul Islam, and this is the leading. He's been one of the leading authorities on the gas attacks that have been happening there. This guy has had his medical license pulled since 2016. He's facing two ter- terrorism charges for kidnapping and torture of two British journalists, and he doesn't even have a medical license anymore. And during the attacks. Uh, as he's treating people, this guy has time to stop and do several interviews and answer questions and whatnot. And I'm not saying that there wasn't an attack. I'm just saying that the, the personnel involved and some of the claims that were made just seemed to be a little uh, sketchy to me. And the the reporting on the, you know, whether it's a... And there's also reports that uh, three days before this attack, gas masks uh, were delivered from, from, uh, British, um, from the British to people in Syria. There's a lot of things we don't know yet, and it hasn't even been confirmed what kind of gas, where it came from, um, and that will take weeks to months. So this all this jumping to conclusions uh, that we see from people in the media and people in politics um, bothers me a little bit, because there's been no factual evidence presented of anything yet. There's been no uh, facts as to who was behind it, what kind of gas was used, what kind of grade of gas it was used, where it all these chemical weapons have uh, usually have a footprint of origin. And this is what happened in 2013. They tried to blame Assad for a chemical weapons attack, and they found out that the gas came from Turkey and Saudi Arabia and was not military-grade at all and was not even from Syria. And that put them... Well, the mainstream media continued to run with Assad did it, but anybody who's been paying attention said, you know, obviously it was the rebels who did it. We see the John McCain's and Lindsey Graham's continuing to to pound their hands on the desk to arm the Syrian rebels. John McCain today went on Fox News and said, uh, we need to remove Assad and put the Muslim Brotherhood in to rule Syria. I mean, it's just (laughs) insanity. Assad is protected. Look, before anything happened in the Middle East, Assad was the president of Syria. You didn't hear anything about atrocities and humanitarian crimes being committed, ever. But now, all of a sudden, he's some... You know, uh, his country's been torn apart, and now he's just randomly, you know, for the first time, we know he didn't do it in 2013, is just randomly dropping chemical weapons after he's been given the green light to stay in power on civilians. It makes absolutely no sense. I'm not saying it's not possible he did it. I'm just saying it doesn't seem likely at all. And Syria, North Korea, uh, Syria was one of the last countries. There were seven countries before 9-11 that did not have central banks in their countries. Libya was one, Syria was one, Iraq, Iran, Cuba, North Korea, and there's one more. There's only three of those countries left. North Korea is one, and Iran is another one. And you see this warmongering continue towards these countries. Not that North Korea isn't asking for it, but I was always told believe none of what you what is it, none of what you see and half what you hear. Half, half of what you see. Well, Joe, let half me what jump you in quickly. Of- Okay. You've made some you've made some excellent points, and I'll I'll pick up uh, I'll pick up your thread uh, quickly on three points. First of all, uh, let's not leave uh, your uh, disagreement with my statement. I think is actually on second thought fairly accurate because I was failing to look at the entire uh, central banking cartel and the economic control. And you're exactly accurate in that, so I do stand corrected there. And the refugees nice. that continue to be poured into Western countries and. You know, these terrorist attacks that are going on in all these countries and, you know, the, it's one thing that really gets me here in this country is the, the liberal media shoving this stuff down our throats, telling us we're racist if we, you know, don't open our arms to all immigrants and, you know, how you're sexist if you want to go after Susan Rice. I mean, the stranglehold on the media is there. They're doing what they want to, even with Trump in there. 
that's one of the reasons, another reason why I said that. Absolutely. Well, first of all, uh, tip of the hat to you. Nice catch on the seven countries prior to 9-11 remark. Folks, remember, it was General Clark who went on the record and stated that, uh, that an Intel asset, uh, offered to present him with a written list of the seven countries Joe just referred to. Now, uh, General Clark knew the law and he refused to take receipt of that list, but he said, you can articulate the seven countries to me. So nice catch on that one, Joe. This, and again, I stand corrected because what Joe said is accurate. There is still a total globalist stranglehold. How? On the central banking cartels. And that's, we really have to look at almost everything within that context. But I also want to pick up quickly on the remark that you made about how the, the fake stream media, particularly in, in the UK and here in America, are handling the story so far. It's just a miasma of misinformation. Uh, I pulled some tweets earlier uh, from NBC, uh, Huffington Post, and BBC talking about the doctor that you mentioned, uh, uh, Idlib, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Shajul, Shajul, Islam. Shajul Islam. Yeah, folks, this is from PJ News. Uh, uh, Shajul Islam, a quote, a former British doctor who had his license stripped after being accused of participating in a terrorist kidnapping ring targeting Western journalists, is being interviewed and promoted by international media as an expert for presenting commentary on the incident. It goes on to say, British journalist John uh, Cantley was to be the main witness against Islam, the doctor who has license pulled, uh, during the pretrial hearing. You're going to love this, Joe. However, Cantley was then kidnapped a second time uh, and was still being held captive by the Islamic State. Because Cantley wasn't available to testify at the trial, the kidnapping charges were dropped against Dr. Islam. His license was pulled. Back he goes to Syria. And now he's being treated by the leftist fake stream media as an authority on this entire tragedy, both through his medical expertise as well as his appeal for uh, international aid. And a hero doctor. And a hero doctor. Amen. The other thing, Joe, I wanted to pick up uh, excellent points thus far this evening. Uh, folks, this is from Counterpunch. Remember, Seymour Hirsch really put his reputation on the line, and he was maligned all across the, the both really the, the left and, and the right uh, wing media back in uh, 2013. But Seymour Hirsch proved to be correct. And, Joe, you hit the nail on the head that, that there are direct ties to Turkish intelligence with the gas attack in 2013. And how do we know this? Again, folks, this is from Counterpunch by Peter Lee. Uh, quote, I find the report credible, taking into full account the fact that the CHP, now the CHP, folks, is a political party in Turkey. It's Erdogan's center-left Kamalist rivals. And two of these CHP deputies, I believe, Joe, that would be uh, similar to a U.S. congressperson, uh, went on record as proving that Mr. Hirsch was correct and that the gas did, in fact, come from Turkey. And then the, I Excellent guess it's no points. surprise that today, or Drogan, the president of Turkey, tweeted out uh, that he promises to support if Trump decides to take action against the Shah Assad regime in Syria. Um, it, that's interesting to me. <laughs> well, Joe, let me ask you a question. Uh, let's Let's... Just touch quickly on the Trump administration. Now, personally, go ahead. Uh, one more thing. I don't know how many people have seen this, but in the last two weeks, there's been at least two different, in Syria alone, there's been two different U.S. airstrikes that have killed over 200 civilians. One at a mosque, 
another in a in a city outside of Mo or outside of Mosul, the city in Syria. It it was a headline on the news, you know, maybe once or twice during news cycles, um, and you know we talk about humanitarian, and these were completely civilian um, targets for whatever reason, or they were targeted as military targets, but they were civilians that were killed. Over two hundred, over four hundred in two different strikes. You don't hear, you know, the U.S. media coming out and and talking about that, and just again, look at all the the reasons we went to war in the past. Um, all the fake news, all the lies, the weapons of mass destruction, the um, you know, the throwing the babies out of incubators, um, back to World War II. It, it's all been based on lies. And I don't see again what Peter Ford said, the former UK ambassador to Syria. He said that these interventionalists are like dogs returning to their own vomit. They continue to do the same thing over and over and hoping for different results. You know, it's excellent. Uh, I, I love the choice of using, that's mm-hmm. actually a piece from a, a famous Kipling poem. Uh, that the, it's something, the title is something about the copywriters and the, the back, what, what we now call fake news in the early 20th century. It was about, it was a pushback. That poem was a pushback against the fake news of that era. Uh, Joe, we've only got a minute or two, but let me just ask you this, uh, yes or no, are the wheels coming off the Trump administration at this time, Joe? I don't think so. Um, you know, he hasn't taken any action. He can he can talk uh, a big talk. I think um, part of it's political. But if you look back to his tweets regarding Syria in 2013 to Obama, he's at least from from September 4th, 2013 through the 13th of September, he issued a number of tweets. Basically, what he said in this campaign that you know going to war with Syria, um, you know, fix the U.S. first. That you're not you won't be able to win anything or do anything good for the U.S. by intervening in Syria. And I hope that he, what he's saying is only, you know, for the purpose of politics, you know, and I hope that before any action is taken that the truth is able to come out. But, you know, there are, we know that this administration is, is been infiltrated and, um, there's a lot of, of, as you would say, moving pieces. So I think that's yet to be seen. Uh, just like yesterday, they reported Bannon was basically thrown out of the, the national security committees or whatever, but he was in the meeting today. He was apparently there for a specific purpose and, and um, was taken out as the head of that committee after serving that purpose, but he's still there. Uh, this is just something we haven't talked about yet, but there's a lot of misinformation coming out about Trump, and a lot of people are getting concerned. So I think there is a overall concern that what we're seeing is a more of the same, but that's still yet to be seen. Folks, you're listening to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these short messages. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. In a thrilling series of novels, T.C. Joseph takes us into the lives of three families who struggle to maintain normal lives in a world where conspiracy theory and Bible prophecy collide. 
T.C. Joseph's viewpoint of alternative history and understanding of prophetic events will change your view of the world and the events on our horizon. Kirkus Review states, Readers of End Times Fiction will be hard-pressed to find it done more intriguingly than this. Extremely readable and fast-paced. Blue Week Reviews boldly states, Fans of Tim LaHaye's Left Behind series and Tom Parada's The Leftovers will find this thought-provoking series absolutely riveting. Order your copies of T.C. Joseph's This Generation series from Amazon.com. Book 1, Precipice. Book 2, Pentecost. And Book 3, Penance. In these uncertain times, it makes sense to have a sustainable backup method to cook food and boil water. If your current plan includes using a fuel-burning stove or cooking over an open fire, then there's a much better way. The Miniman Rocket Stove is a biomass-burning cooking stove that only requires small quantities of sticks and twigs for fuel. The Miniman Stove is easy to use, smokeless, portable, powerful, and sustainable. For the finest in survival cooking stoves and fire starters made right here in the USA, go to MinutemanStove.com. That's MinutemanStove.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. A world dismissed as conspiracy by those who want to keep its secrets hidden. Exposing the dangers, denials, and deceptions. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stained by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stained by Blood. of the Hagman and Hagman Report. Thanks, Eric. Um, we're going to be joined in, uh, by Lane Miller from MinutemanStove.com. He's been a sponsor uh, of a great product called the Minuteman Rocket Stove, which is a uh, portable um, rocket stove and an ammo can that is just uh, so easy to use, easy to transport, very light, and comes with all the necessary uh, tools to help you uh, get this rocket stove going. Um, is Todd, Todd? Okay, thanks, Eric. Um, Lane is with us now, and John's staying with us for this interview. Lane, welcome back to the Hagman Report. Hey, Joe, how you doing tonight? Thanks for having me back on. Absolutely, thanks for coming on. Um, right on. How's everything been going with you? Oh, doing great. We're uh, getting ready to head out to a show tomorrow. We're going to be in Nashville for a prepper show, and uh, that's going to be a lot of fun this weekend. And uh, things are going good. We're, we're making a lot of studs, a lot of power strikers, and uh, we've had a lot of great business from the audience out there, and we really appreciate every bit of it. 
That's fantastic. But uh, before we uh, get right into the interview, do you get to do a lot of trade shows? I do. Um, you know, we're doing about two a month now. And uh, we go as far west. Uh, we're going to be out in Springfield, Missouri this summer. We're going to be out in Arkansas. Um, we'll end up uh, going out to uh, Ohio at some point and um, looking at doing some around Michigan as well. So we hadn't been going that far before, but we really enjoy the shows, and it's really nice to meet people and be out there in the community. And um, it's a lot of fun, and, and, and we move a lot of stuff that way too. So it, it, it's good imagine. to do it that way. Yeah. And, and one last question on that: Do you post the where, uh-huh. where you're going to be? Do you post where you're going to be on the website? Well, we we have a Facebook page. I'm just really I'm terrible with Facebook. I, I just don't like it. <laughs> it's just my own personal thing. But I'll, I'll I'll be more diligent about it if people will go look. Yeah. Um, I'll start posting where we're going to be on Facebook. We just upped our uh, we just read our schedule for the summer, so we've got all fresh information. So check back with us in a few days, and I'll get all that back up. And uh, you guys can see where we're going to be. But prepper shows are a great place for people to see a lot of nice items. You can compare things and talk to people, and they usually have wonderful classes and seminars that go along with it. And uh, whether you're an old pro or if you're getting into it, um, you know they're, they're they're a really good place to be, and uh, it's a lot of camaraderie. There, you make some good contacts. Yeah, absolutely. I can imagine there's a lot of interesting things you come across and interesting people you come across at those trade shows. Mm-hmm. But absolutely. Um, all right, where do you want to start off tonight, Lane? Well, um, I, I was John. John, I wanted to start out with John's experience. He was telling me that he had an opportunity <laughs> to be in the dark for about a month. <laughs> and, uh, I'd like him to just kind of talk about that a little and let people know what that's like, and then uh, we could we could talk about what kind of items would be great to have in a situation like that. Well, Lane, thank you so much, and welcome back to the Hagman and Hagman Report. And we're we're blessed that you chose to uh, take a little bit of time out of your evening. To join us, folks, go to MinutemanStove.com. Again, that's MinutemanStove.com. Lane Miller is so much more than a, a sponsor of our program, and he is an important sponsor. He is definitely an engine that keeps this entire platform running. Uh, but he's also a good friend, a personal friend of mine, Joe's, JD's. He's a great guy. We love him. And he's been uh, of the preparedness mindset for a long time. So, well, when I shared my story with Lane, he said, hey, I'll tell you what, John, why don't you lay it on the Hagman listeners and viewers quickly, and we'll, and we'll take it from there. Uh, so long story short, many of you know that I relocated out of Hollywood about a year ago. Uh, it's the classic uh, city boy up in the country now, <laughs> trying to figure it all out. But, but I was planning on leaving Pasadena, California, uh, April 1st uh, last year, April 1st, 2016. And plans changed, and I opted last minute uh, to stay until about May, I think I left May 6th or 7th, so about five weeks, folks. But here's the rub. Uh, when I got back to L.A., I had already canceled my account with Pasadena Water and Power. And I thought, well, it's no big deal. I'll just open the account back up and everything will be fine. Well, they wanted $500 to open a new account, and they were treating me as though I had never had an account with them, even though I'd been a customer for nine years. So I balked at that. I didn't want to pay them $500 uh, for five weeks of power. And I, I, I thought, Lane, about that old uh, uh, prepper uh, adage about turning your power off for three days and seeing how well you'd get along. And, of course, you know, right. being, as, be, be, being as I'm a low-to-no-ego kind of guy, I thought, well, if I'm not going to do it for three days. What good is that? I'm going to go without power for five weeks. 
Now, folks, I lived in a nice two-bedroom, two-bath apartment, but it was all electric, no gas. And, Lane, i got to tell you, I learned three things over the course of that. It was roughly about 36 or 7 days, I think. I learned three things. Number one, you've got to have LED lights and recharging capability. It's it's absolutely crucial because, folks, you know, if you've got a bathroom, for example, or a walk-in closet that has no window access, and particularly at night, you can't see anything. It's like it's as dark as a tomb. The other thing that Lane and I had a good laugh about is whether you are whether you need to boil water in a grid down situation so that the water is is potable and safe to drink, or <laughs> if you need to maintain proper hygiene, you've got two choices in the situation I was in. You can either boil water and take a bath cowboy style, or right. you can stand under a freezing cold shower. I opted to boil a 12-quart stock pot every other day of water to take a shower. thing about it is, folks, over the course of that 36 or 7 days, uh, I was messing around with this goofy little cheap Walmart thing, and I've got a 12-quart stock pot with 20 pounds of water on it, balancing precariously on a little green bottle of propane, and, and it was just a mess. And, and Lane, I'm going to pass it back to you, because Lane was pretty clear that the smartest thing for me to do when I decided to go lights out and be the big-time prepper man would have been to just get a, get a Minuteman rocket stove. Oh, absolutely. Well, you know, that's the kind of situation where, where a rocket stove really shines, especially if this is lights out and we're not sure when they're going to come back on. You know, our resources are real important, and you have that little green bottle stove, and that's great, but you, you see how it goes. You know, a case of those little green bottles, might last the family a week, maybe a week and a half. And at that point, then you basically don't have anything. And a rocket stove, as long as you can find little sticks and twigs out in your community, that's even if you live in an urban environment or suburban environment, I mean, you can come up with a little bit of wood. Um, you know, that's all it takes for a rocket stove. It's about a 20th of the fuel that you would consume in open fire for cooking, so it's a lot more economical than trying to do that. And, um, you know, the green bottles and stuff, that's a supply chain that may or may not ever turn back on. So you don't want to rely on those kind of things for your, for your, for your primary stove. Now, they're nice to have. Sometimes you might want to, you know, do something quick and not have to light the rocket stove or maybe you want to stay indoors because it's raining or cold a little bit, something like that. I, I understand having one, but you can really conserve that resource if you have a rocket stove, which burns a biomass, which is available just about anywhere. And just to give you an idea of the type of um, efficiency we're talking about, we go to these shows that they're outside sometimes, and they're, they're more like a powwow situation. And we'll burn the rocket stove starting at 9 o'clock in the morning, and we'll keep it going all day during the show until 6 o'clock at night. So that's a nice nine-hour burn, and the thing never shuts down the whole time. Well, over the course of the weekend, we do this two days in a row. We're burning it about 18 hours, and we can do that on less than a five-gallon bucket of little sticks and twigs. And what I mean by that is a bucket with little two- and three-foot sticks stuck in it, you know, fairly tightly, but we're not cramming it just as tight as we can get it. And that will get us through a whole weekend. I would I would even say that a pallet, if you had a pallet or you know some kind of wood like that, scrap wood lying around, I could make a pallet probably stretch for about seven days of cooking both a breakfast and a dinner for a family. 
So it's extremely economical. And, uh, you know, if push comes to shove, you can even use some things you might not think about. Like you can burn the little chips out of your, uh, out of your gardens, uh, the little wood chips. Uh, that kind of fuel is perfect for a rocket stove. The only thing you need to do is kind of get it started and good and hot with some nice twigs and sticks, and then you can start feeding it, you know, less than, less than perfect fuel, and it'll chunk right along as soon as you get that, you know, that, is, that process established. So they're excellent to have. Um, the cooking power is there. Like that 12-quart stock pot would be no problem at all for a minute and stove. It would probably take about 30 minutes to get it to a raging boil, but, um, you know, you could have it up to bathwater temperature in probably 15 minutes, something like that. And, um, you know, you don't always have to take a full bath or shower. You can just do a sponge bath out of that 12-quart thing and, you know, do that kind of bathing, too. You don't always have to have a tub, you know, or a shower bag or something like that to use. Um, they're, well, they're you know, Lena, I'm, I'm sorry, Lena, I didn't mean to, to cut you off, but I, no, I would be remiss if I didn't mention, going back to this, this silly predicament that I, I placed myself in to save 500 bucks, couple things came to mind when we were chatting earlier. And, folks, Lane was kind enough. He sent me a, a Minuteman rocket stove. I, I've got it right here. And the first thing I noticed, Lane, when I when I unpacked this, I, I love the ergonomic sort of modular, tight way that it packs up. Basically, folks, right. it's a 50 caliber ammo can that's completely self-contained. You open the lid. The lid removes very simply. And then you take the burner uh, out and you place it in the chimney, it's it's very self-explanatory. You definitely don't need IKEA instructions to use your Minuteman rocket stove. So you unpack this thing, and the first thing that I liked about it, uh, Lane, was in the case of boiling that 12-gallon stock pot, it was right. very tenuous to have that 20-plus pounds of, of hot water balancing on this goofy little green gas bottle. I thought yeah, more than once... Uh, it, it could topple over and burn my feet. So I love the fact that it's as chunky and as hardcore as it is. But the other thing, and this is where I, I, I had to just kind of laugh at myself, is that with the offer that you're making tonight, and I know you'll go into that in, in a few minutes, but this is the part sure. that kills me. I spent as much money over 36 or 7 days, whatever it was, on those little green bottles and had at the end nothing to show for it except 20, 22 little empty green bottles that, by the way, folks, in the suburbs and in urban environments, you're not supposed to just toss those in the dumpster. And if I just bought one of these, I would have still had my stove for the same amount of money. Yeah, and imagine carrying all of those around, too. That would be, what, two cases of those that you'd have to tote around and the little stove itself. So, you know, when it comes down <laughs> to size, we're dealing with a 50-caliber ammo can. It just stacks with your gear and your ammo, just like everything else. And, um, you know, it's, it's a very compact little package. It's only 12 inches long, 7 and a half inches high, and 5 and a half inches wide. Um, the stove is substantial, though. I mean, it, it's built very well. It's got an 8-inch thick steel burn tube, which is isolated from the outside ammo can. Now, the ammo can is just the chassis. And between that burn tube and the ammo can, we pack it out with a ceramic refractory insulation, which really makes it super efficient. Um, it's not a very heavy insulation, but it, it, it's, it's substantial. It's not going anywhere. It doesn't deteriorate, um, you know, at all, unlike some others like Perlite, things like that that people use. 
used in stoves, that'll break down over time into little sand. And uh, the, the, the premium mat um, insulation that we use isn't going anywhere. And it's good to 2,400 degrees. But with that insulation there, it really focuses the heat to your cookware. So the stove would have had to have been significantly larger if we hadn't insulated it. And um, it made the stove very handy, too. You can use it right on top of a picnic table. Um, it only gets about 150 degrees on the bottom and about 200 degrees on the side, which makes it very safe, too, if you have kids around or something like that and they touch the side of the can. It's hot enough to pull off, but it won't burn anybody. But, um, yeah, it's super compact. Everything seals up airtight. We're the only rocket stove of its kind on the market where you get an airtight seal on all the parts that are dirty or inside. And that's great when you're traveling and you want to store the stove. You don't have to leave it out in the garage or put it out somewhere where it's going to rust. You can just keep it right in your house with your other preps. And uh, a really good place is to keep it in your vehicle. Um, I tend to keep a, my bug out bag, which I really consider a get home bag, and a rocket stove in our van all the time. And we travel around a lot and that and a bunch of other stuff. But, you know, that's something that travels with me. And um, I, I think that's the best place for people to keep one. If you've got room in your trunk, that's a great place to have it. So if you ever break down, if nothing else, you can start a little fire in there and use it as a little heater to sit next to. So, um, they're a good little stove. It's, it's super well made. Um, just to give you guys an idea of the quality of the stoves, um, the guy that's doing my welding right now, you guys would be very lucky. He's a, he's a NASCAR welder. Um, he's, he's working for me, and his welds are absolutely beautiful. And uh, we have uh, zero defects coming out of, our, um, out of our facility. We've been doing this for about three years, and we've sold well over 3,000 stoves now. And we have yet to have anybody call us for the warranty call or needing any service on one of the stoves. So they really, really are holding up great. Um, so I hope everybody will take a look at it at MinutemanStove.com. It is really a nice item. You know, Lane, um, that you said something, and I, I want to just uh, wedge this in here quickly. Uh, one of the things, folks, those of you who have been with the Hagman Report for, for several years now may recall that Doug and Joe and I used to have conversations back in 2013 about basic uh, prep uh, tricks, basic prep hacks, things that, that – anyone and everyone can do just to have a, a, a plan B in place, whether it's for some massive event, God forbid, or even just a, a, a you know, a limited time, you know, storm or nat- natural disaster type thing. The, the, the thing that always uh, used to kind of put me off about buying any type of prep gadgets or, or gear online is that oftentimes something looks great in the picture, but it's really kind of a piece of junk when you get your hands on it. And, folks, I want to reiterate that when I got my Minuteman stove, the first thing I thought was I could take this up to the roof and drop it off the roof, and it wouldn't hurt it at all. It's 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 very chunky. It's very robust. And the other thing I liked about it, Lane, you know, I, I'm old school. I like my cast iron skillets. Now, Joe, I know you do some cooking, right. too. If you can't put a, a steak on a grill, boy, you get a cast iron skillet, heat it up nice and hot, and sear that steak, and you're going to have a great a great steak. Folks, oh, yeah. I, you could put the biggest cast iron pot that they make on this thing. I think, Elaine, you could also probably use a Dutch oven, couldn't you? Well, that, we show that in our video, actually. On, it's on our website. Uh, we, we, we boiled five pounds of cut-up potatoes, so a whole bag of potatoes, in a gallon of water, 
And that took us uh, 49 minutes to cook that off. So it's it faster, faster than I can do it on my home stove. And that's only with a, what, three or four minute startup time, too. It really doesn't take long to heat the stove up. So um, you're not sitting around, you know, waiting for a, a fire to be built and all that. I mean, I could be cooking in two or three minutes from the time I open the lid on the stove. So, um, you know, it's really fast. It does a great job. It, it's, it's power right on par with your kitchen stove. So you also don't have to worry about some of the bigger stoves and other stoves are so powerful that you burn everything. And it's you have to almost have restaurant-sized pots and pans to, to not do that. And, uh, you know, ours is scaled to, to the size that it is to make it extremely portable, but you still get all the cooking power you're used to at home. So I've even done light canning with it, too. Um, I don't know if I would run the biggest canner I own on there, but I certainly can run my uh, my 12 and 20 quarts on there, and I uh, don't have any problem with it. Well, Lane, so, let, me, uh, let me ask you this. Going back to the model of, of the five weeks without power, and, again, this was not some backwoods. Uh-huh. Grizzly Adams kind of thing. I was just a guy in the suburbs in a two bedroom, two bath apartment. So, so sure. if, if I'd had a minute man, I mean, that it's a no brainer. If I'd had a minute man, it would have been awesome. But you've also got this, uh, what you're calling the deluxe sustainable lighting and power package. Folks, I'll tell you what, I don't, now that I do not have, but, uh, but between the minute man and the, the, the offer that Lane's going to make here momentarily, I was hoping Lane that you could talk for a minute about the lighting package, because I'm telling you folks, during that five-week period, for less than what the power company wanted just for to open an account again, which was ridiculous, uh, it would have been awesome to have this deluxe sustainable lighting and power package. Lane, why don't you take a few minutes and tell folks about that? Because, boy, I'll tell you, with the Minuteman and the deluxe sustainable lighting package, I would have been completely set. Well, what I was trying to do when I put this package together was basically have a, a, a set of flashlights, um, you know, three different sizes. We've got a little small flashlight that's still a 2,000 lumen flashlight. This thing is they're blinding. And when I say flashlights, these are the Cree LED flashlights. They're the, the similar to the ones that you see advertised on television, the tack lights. They focus so you can get that pencil beam and it'll shoot hundreds of yards. Um, the lumens are in the thousands and they tend to run off lithium. We, we have lithium ion batteries for all of the flashlights. So, and rechargers and, uh, smart charger. I'll get to that in a second. But anyhow, you're going to get three different sizes of flashlights. Also a little pull-up um, tactical lantern. It's the same one that they're selling on TV that you see uh, Hunter Ellis is pushing on TV. You pull up the lid. It's got 30 LEDs. It's really nice. It'll light a whole room up. And that's perfect. You just carry it around from room to room. That runs off of AA batteries, and we include two sets of those for it in there as well. Um, and they're rechargeable batteries. Um, the next thing you'll get is a Cree headlamp, and it's a 2,000 lumen headlamp. A lot of times you'll find your hands free, but you still need a light. And also, if you're on foot, it's really nice to use a headlamp. So um, that's something that we put in there, too. So between all of those, you'll have pretty much all your bases covered as far as your lighting needs. Now, keeping that charged up, like I said, everything has a lithium-ion rechargeable battery, except for the AA's. I believe they're the NICAD batteries. But what comes with it is a 25-watt solar panel, which basically in full sunlight will give you two 2.1-amp USB ports, full power, that you can plug into just like you were plugging into your computer or plugging into a, 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 a home charger. Now, that's not the phone amperage. Uh, that's a 1-amp. This is the 2.1-amp, which is what your laptops and your computers use in your, uh, your tablets. So you get that kind of power from two outputs. 
Now, we've got a, a, a smart charger that we include. It's a USB smart charger. You can use it on your other smart uh, USB ports, anything that you have, uh, car chargers, computer, whatever. But it can analyze any kind of battery you put into it, and it's got two barrels. So you can put uh, two batteries in at a time. They're independent circuits, and what it does is it analyzes the battery when you put it in and determines what type it is, an ICAD, an IM, or if it's one of the new lithium-ion batteries, and then it adjusts the charge accordingly. It has a wonderful digital readout, too, because the digital readout gives you the battery level as it currently is and also gives you the countdown charge time, so it'll tell you how many minutes you're going to have to leave it in. It makes it really nice where you don't waste time leaving a battery in the charger when it doesn't need to be sitting in there, and you can swap your batteries out a lot faster that way and plan on how long you need to go before you come back and switch them. So that's a really, really nice charger, and that comes with the package. Um, you put it all together, and what you have is sustainability and lighting and also charging batteries. So if you're running a Beofong uh, UVF uh, radio or anything like that, you can charge batteries for that, too, off of the solar panel. And just to give you an idea, the AA batteries would charge in about an hour, and the uh, lithium ions, you know, if you're using a typical milliamp hour, say a three or four or five, you're looking at about two hours, two and a quarter hours to, uh, to, to, to run up the power on those. And of course you can do two at a time. Excellent way to do it. It's all lightweight enough to consider this bug out stuff. You can keep it in the bug out bag with you, including the panel. It folds up to about the size of a Bible. So it's not very big at all and it only weighs a pound. Uh, the size on these panels has been coming down for their wattage um, in the past few years, so it, it's a really efficient panel. So that's the package, and um, you know, tonight what we're going to do is we're going to offer a deal on the stove and on uh, the lighting package. And basically, I decided if you buy the lighting package, we're going to give you fire, and if you buy the stove, we're going to give you some lighting. So. That way you'll have a little bit of each if you buy the package. And what what we're going to do is um, anybody who uses the Hagman code for a week, so we're going to run this until, let's see, it's going to be the 13th next week. We'll run it till midnight, this uh, the 13th of April. And with the deal um, that we've already doing on the stove, you get a free fire striker and free shipping, but we're going to add one of these tack lights in there for free, and it's a $22 value. It comes with a lithium-ion battery and a wall charger, and it's the exact same one you see on TV, um, the one they're throwing out of the helicopter and boiling in the fryer and all that. But they're great little lights, and I've been using them for about a year and a half, two years, and I've been very happy with them quality-wise and everything. They really do hold up. And uh, with our deluxe kit, what we're going to do is we're going to throw in the two-battery version of that flashlight. So it's, it, it has two batteries inside of it. It doubles the runtime on it. They're both 3,000 lumen lights, so they're extremely, extremely bright. And they all have that flash feature, too, the, 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 stat, the, the strobe feature. So they're really good at a, as a attack light when you're moving around the house. If you have an intruder or something, you can hit them with that strobe and, you know, make a move and get out of the situation. And uh, we're going to throw those in with the stoves. And on the deluxe lighting package, what we figured we'd do is give you guys one of our um, bug-out bag kits, which is two small fire strikers in a bag of the Maya stick fire starting tender that we sell. 
And uh, those Maya sticks are really cool. It's a great way to start fires. Uh, they're 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 a, a tender when you need to take a spark off of a fire striker. It's the easiest way I know of to get to get a fire started. And then if you need to supplement your tender with something that's a lot more volatile, just to get some wet wood going or something, you can take shavings off these Maya sticks and put that into your tender. And then once you start your fire, then it'll get those shavings going, and that'll get everything really going real good. Even wet wood. It'll it will help get that started. So we're going to throw a one-pound bag in there of that. And uh, that one pound, if you're just using it as an initiator, I can make well over a 1,000 fires just with the one pound of Maya sticks. So that's our deal we're doing tonight. I think it's a great deal for the folks. Um, and Lane, like I said, if you can again, yeah. give, it, give out the, uh, the date that it ends and the coupon code. Yeah, we're going to run it for for a week. So I figured we'd run it till next Wednesday night. And uh, the coupon code is just put Hagman and H A G M A N N. Put that as the coupon code. Now it's not going to say much on your order when you put it in, but I know what it means, and we'll pack the packages accordingly when they come in during that week period. So um, just just put the Hagman code in. It's not going to put a list of all of this stuff on the side of your order or anything, but, but we'll get it. That's all we need to see is that Hagman code. And we really hope you folks will take advantage of this. It's the best deal we've ever made, and, um, you know, we're just so appreciative of the Hagman audience because you guys have been the mainstay of our business now for going on a year, and uh, it's been a wonderful ride for us. I've met some awesome people here at the show, and uh, I'm just really enjoying myself. You guys are great. Um, and the customers that call, I mean, anybody who has any prep questions, anything that's on your mind, feel free to call. I mean, sometimes I'm fabricating and working in the shop, but, you know, I'll try to call you back and we'll have a, we'll have a discussion because, um, I just love talking prepping and I like helping people with it. Well, you, you uh, are very informative, Lane, and we want to thank you for, uh, your fantastic products and you're continuing to expand and, and that's, uh, fantastic. And, John, thank you for coming on and doing the first and second segment with us. And, Lane, thank you for coming on. We look forward to hey um, having you back on. And MinutemanStove.com is the website, MinutemanStove.com. Make sure you get your rocket stove today. It is very portable, convenient, easy to use, and a necessity in times of trouble. We'll be right back with Action Guy after these messages. Thank you, Lane. You have a good day. God All bless. Right. Bye. Bye, John. All right. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Greenovative. Go to HagmanReport.com. Click on the link to Greenovative. What Greenovative is, it's a small company in Florida. They created something called the GMAG Power Cell. It produces electricity by adding salt water to this unit that recharges rechargeable batteries. It's the coolest thing you'll ever see in your life. It's really neat. Really a, a super device. All right, You need just two teaspoons of ordinary table salt, a little water, but a bang, you're charging your rechargeable batteries. Super GMAG chargeable is affordable. It's lightweight, weighs about 8 ounces. It's durable. It's EMP proof. And it's environmentally friendly. Yeah, that it is. It'll provide safe and convenient power for recharging uh, six AA batteries off the grid when other power sources aren't available anywhere, anytime, in any weather, day or night. Go to greenovative.com. That's greenovative.com. 
Folks, in these uncertain times, it just makes sense to have a sustainable backup method for accomplishing one of life's most important tasks, and that's preparing food. This is the way to go. There is nothing better than a Minuteman rocket stove from MinutemanStove.com. We all need a way to cook and a method to process water. I mean, think about it. Think about the many things that could happen to you. Minuteman rocket stove can provide your family or group the perfect solution. It's small, lightweight, wood-burning, and every bit as powerful as a kitchen stove. It's smoke fully self-contained for clean storage and transport. Because it's so efficient, it cuts down on your wood gathering and processing chores to a tenth what would be required if cooking the old-fashioned way over an open fire. So don't rely on gas or fuel stoves. Prepare your family. Prepare for yourself. Order a Minuteman rocket stove today. It's going to make bad times much better. Folks, MinutemanStove.com. MinutemanStove.com. Need I say more? You should have a Minuteman, the survival stove in an MOK. For investors, timberland has become the symbol of safety. Global tropical timber demand continues to surge as the world's population increases. The need for managed, sustainable timber production forests has never been greater. When stock markets crash, trees keep growing. Direct ownership of fully managed tropical timberland acreage is now available to accredited investors. Prime, valuable hardwood groves close to the beautiful Costa Rican border generate and maintain superior long-term wealth. Consider visiting our forest plantations. Qualified accredited investors should go to PreciousTimberProfits.com or dial 855-888-6288 for more information. Call 855-888-6288 or visit PreciousTimberProfits.com. This announcement does not constitute either an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offering made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288, PreciousTimberProfits.com, PreciousTimberProfits.com. Coming to you live from our radio and television studios here in beautiful Northwest Pennsylvania. We have a treat uh, again for you. Uh, just a tremendous man, a guy I've got a lot of respect for. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, a, a truth teller when it comes to uh, when it comes to well, the way it really is. Things. Oh my goodness! You know, folks, you've heard since nine eleven, even before that, but really since nine eleven. Islam is a religion of peace. We, uh, Islam and, or Muslims and Christians worship the same God. You've heard this over and over and over again. And then you've heard a, n- a number of things about the coexistence of, of Muslims here in America along with Christians and of course the immigration. You, you know, the whole package. Well, there's a gentleman by the name of IQL Razuli who I met via interview uh, a number of years ago when I was on Lori Roth uh, doing um, uh, substituting for Lori Roth as well as co-hosting with Lori Roth then in two- 2012 uh, IQL Rosuli came on our program for the first time I believe it was when we were just getting started now speaking to 64 countries as we broadcast via satellite, Global Star Radio Network, YouTube Live, and Blog Talk Radio. Now we've got a much wider audience, much larger audience. We are blessed again to have IQ El Razuli with us. He is uh, an author, 
an expert on on Islam. He's uh, a tremendous, uh, just a tremendous man in terms of knowledge. He wrote a book called Lifting the Veil, and if you haven't read that, if you haven't got a copy of that book, definitely do so. Now, Mr. IQL Razuli is an Iraqi-born expert, scholar, author of the trilogy, Lifting the Veil. Um, he's here to talk about the larger issue of, of Islam, but, but other precise aspects of, of Islam terror attacks and our current situation. Mr. Al-Razili, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to the Hagman and the Hagman Report. Thank you for having me. Oh. My pleasure. And, and folks, listen to this. Can, you, can I share that number? Am I allowed to share that number that you gave me? The, uh, Yes, 1,257th radio interview with the United States of America. There you go. Did you hear that? Over 1,200. That's a lot of interviews. And he yes, with over 150 stations. That's fantastic. That is absolutely tremendous. So you can tell he's he's out there getting the word out. Well, sir, where do you want to start? Um because there is so much going on. You've got Syria. You've got, of course, all of the Middle East. You've got the infiltration in America. You've got, but, but, but your claim, your, your key to, to everything is, is essentially, I, I think proving number one that, that, uh, Muslims and Christians do not worship the same God, obviously. And you had made a statement where you can refute, destroy, whatever, the doctrine of, of, of Islam. In ten minutes, so I'm going to leave it up to you. We're going to leave it up to you. Wherever you want to start, you, t- you take it away. Doug, the most important single item that Americans and not only Americans, even Muslims and everybody else on planet Earth has got to understand that the whole of Islam, the whole belief system of Islam, is like an inverted pyramid or an inverted cone. Anybody who knows about physics, an inverted cone or pyramid is unstable situation, extremely unstable. Any lateral movement would collapse. So the dogma of Islam, the single point that created Islam, was Muhammad pretending that Allah, the God of pagan Arabia, by the way, Allah was the name of the supreme god of pagan Arabia centuries before Muhammad that this god Muhammad he metamorphosed this god into the god of the bible into the god of Jesus, Moses and Abraham so before I start I want you to start your watches in less than 10 minutes based entirely on Muhammad's Quran and the words of his god Allah I shall prove beyond a shadow or even a reasonable doubt that Allah is not the same as the God of the Bible. Start now. Ladies and gentlemen, according to all religious beliefs, the attributes of God are forever existing, all-knowing, all-powerful, or omnipresent, omniscient, omnipotent. I shall now proceed to prove that Allah is not the same as the God of the Bible based on two of the most important verses in Muhammad's Quran case one I'm going to quote in name and chapter from the Quran 
Al-Ma'idah chapter 5 verse 46 and I'm quoting now reciting from the Quran and in their footsteps we Allah sent Jesus the son of Mary confirming the Torah that's what is written in Arabic Torah the Torah is the law of Moses that have come before him we sent him the gospels in Arabic Injil therein was guidance and light and confirmation of the Torah that have come before him let me explain the inherent implications of this verse first <clears throat> Allah proclaims in perfectly clear Arabic that it was he who revealed the Torah which are the first five books of the Bible comprising Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers and Deuteronomy to Moses second this verse also asserts that it was Allah, the God of the Muslims, who also revealed the Gospels, Injil, all four Gospels to Jesus, after confirming Allah's revelations to Moses. Dear Americans, anyone with two brain cells of logic, who knows the New Testament would also know that the Gospels were never revealed to Jesus by anyone, since they were written 50 to 100 years after Jesus was dead and resurrected. Hence, I raise the simplest of questions. How is it possible for Allah, if Allah were the same as the omniscient God of Abraham, Moses, and Jesus, not know this fact? How could the angel Gabriel, the alleged messenger of Allah, who 620 years earlier predicted the arrival of Jesus as the Messiah, the Redeemer of humanity, deceive Muhammad with such a blatant lie? Allah, therefore, cannot possibly be the same as the God of Jesus, Moses, and Abraham. RS case 1. We go to case 2. Al-Nisa, chapter 4, verse 157. The Quran says, They said, We killed Christ, Jesus, the son of Mary, the apostle of Allah. But they killed him not, nor crucified him. But so it was made to appear to them, and for a certainty, they killed him not. Ladies and gentlemen, as I had already demonstrated in case one, the Quran declares that it was Allah who revealed the Gospels to Jesus, and we know for a fact that this is not true. But let us for an instant be the devil's advocate by willingly allowing this utterly stupid and false lie to be accepted as fact. I recapitulate that in case one Allah asserts that he revealed the gospels in jail to Jesus but anyone having read the gospels would know that all four gospels assert that Jesus died on the cross and was resurrected on the third day thus totally contradicting Allah's present revelation hence there is absolutely no margin of error either linguistically or logically regarding the meaning of these two verses. These anomalies, absurdities, and discrepancies demonstrate that Allah, the God of the Muslims, has not only shown an incredible lack of knowledge, but has, in the second case, totally contradicted himself from the first. Once again, I would like to point out to you the obvious. If Allah were the same as the omniscient God of Jesus, Moses, and Abraham, how is it possible that he was deceiving Muhammad or being in such blatant error? Moreover, 
Muhammad Quran obliterates the whole concept of Christianity with this single verse. Because without death and resurrection, there is no Christianity. Furthermore, every verse in Muhammad Quran depicting biblical characters or stories contradicts the original in the Torah the very Torah that Allah repeatedly asserts he revealed to Moses in the first place. Hence Allah cannot be the same as the God of the Bible. Since the above case or the above cases prove that Allah is not God and definitely not the same as the God of the Bible one has to come to the only possible following conclusions. There is not that no God called Allah and no angel called Gabriel ever revealed a single verse of the Quran to Muhammad because every single letter word, verse, ayah and chapter, surah in the Quran are the product of Muhammad's imagination, the secretions of his warped mind but very cleverly projected into the unsuspecting mouth of Allah and Gabriel to give them the aura of sanctity and divinity the most relevant corollary to the fact that Allah is not God based entirely upon Muhammad's Quran as I have demonstrated will be the cases of Muslims who may start questioning their indoctrination especially among the young men who will realize that every single so-called martyr shaheed who had died for the last 1400 years and will die in the future in the cause of Allah Allah, would not ever enjoy the carnal sensual and sexual pleasures deceitfully promised by Muhammad in his whorehouse version of paradise with the 72 virgins. Ladies and gentlemen, in less than 10 minutes, I have utterly discredited Muhammad as a prophet and the alleged divine origin of his Quran based entirely upon their Quran. In less than 10 minutes, without shooting a single bullet in anger, I have proven that Islam is not a religion but a cult belief system, the cult of Muhammad, not deserving an iota of freedom to propagate its vile hatred anywhere in the USA or in any country on earth which is not Islamic. Back to you, sir. That's fantastic. Concise. I mean, it's, it's accurate. It is, um, it's ammunition. It's intellectual ammunition that could be used by, by every American every thinking American, every Christian out there. And, uh, again, uh, it's by the words contained within Islam's own writing, own writings. Fantastic. So, so, so Islam is not a religion. It is a cult. And, and we've said that. It's, it, that's what, what Islam is, correct? Absolutely correct. Doug, in Christianity, you have in Revelations, the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You know who they are? Yep. Okay. Death, starvation, pestilence, and war. In Islam, they also have the four horsemen of the apocalypse, although they don't know what they are. And I'll tell you what they are. Knowledge, 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 and knowledge of Islam. The nightmare of Islam is when you have knowledge of the Quran. That's the nightmare. I have the knowledge. That they want me dead. Every email I receive from them is how they were to burn me, how they were to cut me, how they were to kill me. 
But I asked him, why don't you debate me? Why don't you prove me wrong? Douglas, I have over one and a half million dollars worth of challenges on the internet. I've had them for 12 years. For every human being who has listened to me or read my books. I haven't lost a dime. One and a half million dollars. Man. Okay. And, and, and there it is. You haven't lost anything because you speak the truth and, and it cannot be assailed. All right. So, uh, where I'm having a problem here, not a problem, um, I think where everyone has this issue is we are seeing Islam growing in popularity. IQ, why is that? Or is it not growing in popularity? Is it, is it, is that a lie as well? It's a lie. Let's put everything in context. There are one and a half billion Muslims on planet Earth constituting 20% of humanity. 80% of humanity is not Muslim. There are 57 Muslim states in the world having the one and a half billion people. The one and a half billion Muslims in the 57 Muslim states are the least productive, least inventive, least creative in human history. Yet, they are threatening us, we, the infidels, the kuffar, the non-Muslims, 80% humanity. We are the most productive, most inventive, most creative, and most powerful in human history. But we have leaders who should be put against the wall and shot dead. Because they submit to Sharia. Do I make myself clear? Perfectly clear. And you know, it, it's, it, uh, I'm, we're looking at, at <laughs> different, uh, People within our state and uh, federal, well, within our state legislatures, our Congress, who are pushing for Sharia and, and claiming that it could be, it could coexist with uh, our Constitution, which is a lie. And I know that you've you've uh, spoken much about this as well. Of course, it's a lie. Look, Muslims, no Muslim can leave Islam. How many Americans know that? Any Muslim who leaves Islam will be slaughtered by other Muslims. Any Muslim. Any Muslim who leaves Islam, male or female, will be slaughtered by their mother, their father, their brother, their sister, their cousin. So, it's a terrorist organization. It's like a mafia. You join the mafia, it's Uberta. You don't open your mouth until you die. And if you want to open your mouth, you're dead. In Islam, they are allowed to come to the West and proselytize. Yet, no Christian, no Jew, no Buddhist, no Hindu can go to any Muslim country and proselytize because they will kill him. So, a Muslim can marry four women. Judeo-Christian marry one woman. So, you see, it's one-sided. It's growing not because it's there is any advantage in it. No, it's growing because it is under fear. You know, there is a YouTube, any one of you listening can can Google it. A man called Al-Qardawi, Yusuf Al-Qardawi. He is the spiritual leader, what you call spiritual leader, there is no spirit in Islam, but the spiritual leader of the Muslim Brotherhood. One of the top Sunni clerics in the world. He was being interviewed by an Arab station a few years ago, only a few years ago, 
and the moderator asked him, why is it mandated in the Quran that anybody who leaves Islam will be killed? And Yusuf al-Qandawi made the worst mistake of his life by answering it truthfully. You know what he said? He said, had it not been mandated in the Quran that anyone who leaves Islam will be slaughtered, there will be no Islam. Do you understand the magnitude of what he said? That Islam exists only through terror. Guess what? Muhammad said in Bukhari Hadith, I have been made victorious through terror. This is what Islam is all about. Terror, terror, and more terror. Back to you, sir. So Islam is built on terror itself. And I think you pointed that out very well. And isn't it interesting? Yeah, you can't leave. The the reason people can't leave Islam is because they would be killed, and, and that secret revealed, as, as you had indicated. Yeah, how interesting is that? All right. So, okay. Um, why? Now we saw we saw the marches, the pink hat, useful idiots in the streets of America, the women, the emasculated men recently. And part of those marches, or it seems like the, these socialists, communists, these these this mentality, these women are will, will willingly subjugating themselves to the cult of Islam. We saw it on the streets of New York, Washington, all across the world. How is that even possible? I, I was thinking about you in our, our previous interviews when when I was watching those marches. How is it, how is this even possible that the delusion is so great? Because people are stupid in general. <laughs> I'm not being insulting, honestly, Douglas. If, if people don't read, that's what's happening in this world for the last sixty years. People don't read; they watch television. In Mein Kampf, Hitler said that ninety-nine percent of humanity is stupid because they want to be led, and that is exactly how he succeeded. That is exactly how he It's not an insult. He is talking about a psychological point. People like to be led because they don't want to make decisions. Take America, for example, under Trump. 330 million Americans. Only Donald Trump was able to do what he did. In out of 330 million. Only Donald Trump was able to do what he did. How did he do that? Because he didn't give a damn about how many people went against him. He didn't give a damn about who dumped on him. He still doesn't give it. He stood alone, like a rod of steel, literally, in a hurricane, and wouldn't move. That's how he succeeded. He made the American people realize there is another alternative to Obama and the socialist agenda, the globalist agenda. And they were intelligent enough, thank God, enough of them anyway, to elect him. Mm. Donald Trump cannot succeed in fulfilling his mission without the American people, we the people, continuing to support him. That I've got, I repeat this on every radio interview in America. We the people must not go back and become comatose again. We, the people, for example, what happened with 
the nuclear option or what's happening with the nuclear option. There will be elections in 2018. We, the people, you must not elect the Democrats. We, the people, remove all those people who are opposing what Donald Trump is trying to do for America. We, the people, you must be vigilant. You must be proactive. So what happened? You had all those women going out on the street wearing pink hats. Not a single one of them, and I repeat it, there may be hundreds of thousands or millions of them, not one of them has ever bothered to read even any part of the Quran. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, I always say to you, to American people and anybody who is listening, there are 114 chapters in the Quran. First, I don't advise you to buy the Quran and waste your money. You Google the Quran, free of charge. Second, all you need to do is read chapters 2 to chapters 9 inclusive of the Quran. 2 to 9, 8 chapters. It takes you less than 2 hours. You will know more about Islam than the Muslims in 2 hours. And you will know that I am telling you the truth in 2 hours. And you will know that Allah cannot be the God of the Bible in 2 hours. What more can I tell you? I'm giving you all the options. I'm giving you all the chances to find out Islam. As I said, the worst nightmare of Islam is knowledge of Islam. I can't tell it more or enough times. It is so simple. Nothing in Islam is good. This is not racism. Islam is not a race, by the way. This propaganda from the leftists, Islam is not a race. Islam is made up of every single color, every single race, every single nationality, every single culture. Another item that they tell you, the Muslims and their supporters, that jihad means a peaceful struggle. In the English language it's called bullcrap. Jihad is the most important pillar of Islam. There are five pillars of Islam that they tell you to talk about them, like the uh, charity, like prayer, like al-hajj, all these are not relevant. The most important pillar which they don't tell you about is jihad. Can I prove it? As usual, yes. Chapter 2, Al-Baqarah, verse 216. Allah is saying, their God, Allah says, jihad, holy fighting in the cause of Allah is ordained for you Muslims, though you dislike it. And it may be that you dislike a thing which is good for you and that you like a thing which is bad for you. Allah knows, but you do not know. This is not ambiguous. This is clear. It instructs every single Muslim to be jihadi Muslim. Then we have another deception. Again by the media. Again by the politicians. Again by people who do not know anything about Islam. I want you to imagine this. Imagine a spear. Jihad comes into two forms of deception. Jihad comes into two forms of Islam. The war jihad and the stealth jihad. Now the war jihad are the people like Boko Haram, Hamas, Hezbollah, Al-Shabaab, the terrorist organizations. This is the head or the spear of Islam. I but, Yes, sir. 
if we can stop there, we're up against our uh, middle of the hour break. Um, Bottom of the hour break. Yeah, we. Uh, it's a three minute break. So just hang in there, folks. You're listening to this edition of the Hagman and Hagman Report. We're talking with IQ Al Rizzuli. He's been gracious enough to to spend uh, his time with us. He's going to be with us till the end of the show, so don't go anywhere. We're One getting knowledgeable into, guy. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, he's been on with us before in the past. It's been a while, uh, but now he's back. And we're getting into uh, the Islamic culture, why it is... is uh, not a religion, but a cult instead. And we're going to continue to talk with IQ Al-Razuli after these short messages. Don't go anywhere. Visit HagmanReport.com for the news and articles that matter most. Stay tuned. We will be right back. There shall be great tribulation, such as was not since the beginning of the world to this time. No, nor ever shall be. Folks, I'm going to direct your attention to masterpreps.com, masterpreps.com. Wow. Masterpreps.com, the sponsor of our show, masterpreps.com. That's masterpreps.com. Take a visit there. High-quality items, made-in-America items. I mean, anything, everything you possibly want from cooking utensils, cooking frying pans. I mean, it is, it'll blow you away. Absolutely, Erickson. It's insane. I mean, wow. Look at the products. Folks, visit masterpreps.com. Again, welcome to the Hagman Hagman Report family, masterpreps.com. I mean, wow, it's insane. Masterpreps.com. Are you ready for what comes next? Hi, I'm Grace Gonzalez from Train Close in the Woods. We are an American family-owned company founded and built on skills and knowledge gained from responding to aging major disasters in the U.S. and around the world. We found that most people don't have enough food and water to survive, let alone any medicinals to save their life. We are offering 25% off our must-have American Heritage Armies kit. It contains 12 homeopathic armies, a booklet that goes over everything in your kit, and our brand new book, Major Disasters Lessons Learned. Just enter coupon code HAGMAN. In life or a disaster, you must be able to take care of yourself. You may not be a medical doctor, and your grandmother and your great-grandmother probably weren't either. But they still knew how to minister to their family's health issues. And so can you. Check out our American Heritage Armies kit at www.changelessandwoods.com. Your life may depend on it. Hello, everyone. This is Joe Charles, the guy whose voice is heard announcing for the Hagman and Hagman Report right here on YouTube and across the Global Star Radio Network. There have been many people wondering whose music is being played during those breaks. Well, you guessed it. And we're very pleased to announce that all that music and 11 brand new songs from the CD New Jerusalem is set for release on April 10th for download on iTunes. 
means you can help support my ministry and be blessed by this awesome, inspiring recording. I have been fortunate to work with some phenomenal musicians from around the world that helped us put this recording together in the studio. Simply go to joecharlesmusic.com and click on the iTunes link. Or, if you'd rather have a CD, we'll send one right out to you. Just leave me your email and we'll get right back to you. And thanks to Doug and Joe Hagman for making this all possible. God bless. To this segment of the Hagman and Hagman Report, we have as our guest Mr. I.Q. Alrazuli. Folks, he is an expert, a scholar on Islam, and he is, to me, if I had any questions about, about Islam, um, and, and I have questions, he's the, he's the man I would go to. He knows Islam inside and out. As a matter of fact, linked off of Hagman Report is a link to his website. You can go there. There's an index, a list of links to all of, uh, I mean, there's so much information that he has put out there free of charge that is so valuable in the fight. And we are in a battle for the souls and heart and intellects of our, of Western civilization. And IQL Razuli is leading that charge, I believe, in this fight. Before we get back to him, I just want to mention Texas Ready, TexasReady.net. Have you visited TexasReady.net? Let me tell you something, folks. If you think for one moment that any, 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 uh, 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 threat has passed, then, then you're sorely mistaken. And one of the most important aspects to preps is your planning. Planning for a long term. Now, TexasReady.net provides that ability. They have the best seed banks on the planet. You need seed banks. In fact, each Texas Ready seed bank contains 80 plus varieties of vegetables and fruits, including eight dual purpose herbs for culinary use, of course, and medicinal purposes. You buy a seed bank based on how many people that you're going to be providing food for. They can help you with that. They've got the, tr- the um, uh, instruction manuals, the training manuals. The owner of Texas Ready, Lucinda Bailey, she's called the seed lady, and, and she knows her seeds. She will help you. They use only certified seeds because they think you're worth it. Most seed bank companies don't. Folks, please visit TexasReady.net. And if you haven't done so already, now's the time. Now is the time. To, to get your, your seat kits from TexasReady.net. Again, our guest is IQ Al Razuli, and so happy to have him with us. You were talking about the two different kinds of, uh, two different forms of jihad, war, and, um, stealth. Go ahead and continue with that, Mr. Al Razuli, sir. Do you mind I start again just in case? Yes, please, please. That would be good. Okay. There's only one version of Islam and or Muslims. They're called fundamentalists. There are no shades in Islam, such as moderate, militant, radical, or extremist Muslims. Islam is Islam, just as there were never moderate, militant, radical, or extremist Nazis or communists. Never. All Muslims are jihadists. All of them. Why? Simple. Because they are all following one book, Muhammad Quran. I use Muslims to indicate all those who are followers of Muhammad 
and are Sharia compliant. Because they are the ones who constitute the spear of Islam. As I said, Islamic Jihad has two interconnected or intertwined components. One is the war jihadists, who are represented by the head of the spear, or the tip of the spear of Islam. As I said, such as Boko Haram, Hamas, and all the other terrorist organizations. But the more important ones are the stealth jihadists. The so-called, by the media, of course, as usual, moderate Muslims. The silent majority. Who are actually represented by the shaft of the spear. The stealth jihadists, ladies and gentlemen, are the ones who supply the war jihadists with finance, weapons, intelligence, shelter, propaganda, protection, and deception. They are, of course, family, friends, and other Muslims. Neither tip or shaft by themselves are dead. But tip and shaft together are weapons of death and destruction. Hence it is irrelevant how many Muslims are war jihadists, whether 5%, 10%, 20% of Muslims or not. Because the remaining stealth jihadists, the 95, 90 or 80% are the ones who silently but diligently back them up. Back to you, sir. Why have we fallen for this labeling moderate uh, moderate Muslim militant or extremist Muslim why go ahead sorry because our leaders in the look all over Europe all over Europe except for example at the moment Hungary and Poland every single European leader including in Britain they speak about moderate Islam they speak about peaceful Islam. They tell us, they tell 350 million people that Islam means peace. Ladies and gentlemen, Islam is based on the Arabic verb called Aslama. Aslama doesn't mean peace, it means submission. Submission to whom? To a God called Allah. And who is Allah? The God of pagan Arabia. So what do we have? We have our leaders who are the enemies. I know it sounds outrageous, but it's not outrageous, it's a fact. It's a reality. Look at Merkel. How is it conceivable that a German leader would allow the invasion of Europe by one and a half million Muslims of military age when at the gates of Vienna in the 17th century, Christianity was saved? Tell me. Mm. How? But it's happening. Same thing in America. Under Obama, under Obama, of eight years, he destroyed the United States of America in every way, shape, or form. Listen, ladies and gentlemen, I'm an outsider looking in. I'm not an American citizen. I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I look in. Why? Because I am the outsider. And what did he do? He would not allow any of the intelligence and security services to associate Islam with terror. 
for eight years. That's a criminal. This is criminal negligence on a massive scale. And the proof of the pudding was Benghazi. The proof of the pudding that, that Obama is a Muslim, a closeted Muslim. I don't care what the news media tell you. The news media are fake. Donald Trump is not telling you a lie. They are fake. You know they are fake. They have been lying for decades and they continue lying now. So what do we have? We have the enemy within. We have the enemy within. And who are the enemy within? The leftists in the United States of America. The leftists in Europe. The so-called intelligence, intelligentsia. The academicians. All of them. When I say all of them, I apologize. I shouldn't say all of them. Most of them. Let's put it this way. Most of them are globalists. They honestly believe all these leaders in Europe are globalists. They believe that the destiny of humanity should be one. One religion, one group of people. It doesn't exist. This is only in their imagination. The same thing that happened under communism. Communism always told you, no, we want to have equality. There was never equality in under communism. You know that, I know that, and history tells you it's not true. That's why it collapsed. If it was true, it wouldn't have collapsed, but it collapsed. And even China today is not communist. It's not communist. It is 100% business. 100%. Like America. So what do we have? We have the enemy within the leadership. Hopefully, I'm just saying hopefully, that in the future elections in Europe, which is happening in the next few months, enough Europeans will wake up, similar to enough Americans who had woken up, to remove the current leaders. In Europe today, Orban, the Prime Minister of Hungary, is the only one who stands up in the whole of Europe saying to Angela Merkel, we will not accept a single Muslim refugee. We will only accept Christian ones. And they are right. The same thing in Poland. But these are the only two countries. All the others have been subservient to the news media who are as corrupt in Europe as they are in America. I, I can't answer the question. I have been trying to figure out why would any sane and logical leader allow their country to sit to be invaded by Muslims. I have no idea. I can't answer that. Back to you, sir. Yeah, we we have looked at that. And, of course, here in the United States, you see there are midnight uh, flights of 18 to 35-year-old male Muslims from uh, countries, these supposed refugees. They're not refugees. In my view, they are... Um, they are soldiers. They're 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 being brought in to change the fabric uh, in the culture of the United States, and this is still continuing according to our sources. And and I question uh, the sanity behind this, as you do, and I question the sanity behind this this mindset, uh, sir, of of. You know, oh my goodness, we, we all have to get along. The coexist bumper stickers, you know, it, it is brainwashing, mind numbing brainwashing to be sure. 
and you point this out very well. I want to make sure, uh, sir, that, that we have a chance to allow you to tell people about where they can get learning materials off of your website and also your book. So if you want to take that opportunity now, because I really want to make sure that people have the benefit of your knowledge that you put together. So tell people where to, where they can go on the internet, uh, to learn more what you're All saying. All anyone has to do, just Google my name. Okay. Just Google. Believe it or not, if you Google El Rasuli, A-L-R-A-S-S-O-O-L-I, the first thing will come up is my website. Okay. I have a trilogy of books called Lifting the Veil, the True Faces of Muhammad and Islam, Volumes 1, 2, and 3. But even if you don't buy the books, I don't advertise my books. I'll tell you why. They're not cheap. And the only people who will read them are the ones who are really interested in studying Islam. So, I don't need to advertise. Why? Because if they are interested, they will buy them. If they are not interested, they are not going to buy them. And yet, you have everything free of charge on my website. 248 audio videos. You have everything, all of them, done. Another art, another link to my website is called in the name of Allah.org. Again, it's free of charge. I don't make money. It's free of charge. In the name of Allah.org, there are 780 chapters which completely annihilate Islam left, right, center, up and down. What more can I tell you? It's free of charge. Mm. Yeah, you certainly have given us the gift of knowledge, and shame on us and shame on anyone who doesn't take advantage of that, to be certain. Um, and your books are fantastic as well. So um, uh, there, there's just so many things, so many questions, so many concerns that we have. Here we are in 2017, and I remember speaking to you back four or five years ago, uh, and, and you really painted the picture that we're seeing today. You, you were ahead of everybody almost in saying, look, Islam is the Trojan horse here in the West. And, and you painted that, this picture of what we're seeing today, the, the change of the cultures. Um, I don't know if you remember when so-called Arab Spring came up around, it's 2010. Who called it Arab Spring? The news media. And I was interviewed again and again and again because I come from Iraq, I speak Arabic. And I said, when they asked me, what will happen? Will democracy come? I said, out of your car, are you out of your mind? In Islam, there is no concept of democracy. In fact, the word democracy does not exist anywhere in the Arabic language. The word doesn't exist. So what did they use? They used the Greek one, democratia. The concept doesn't exist. Why? Because Sharia is the nemesis of every single freedom known to humanity. Sharia is the enemy of the American Constitution. Sharia is the enemy of Judeo-Christianity. Sharia is the enemy of the Hindus. Sharia is the enemy of the Buddhists. Sharia is the enemy of every human being on the planet. By the way, without a single item of exaggeration, Every single Muslim, when I say Muslim, I mean people who believe in Allah and Muhammad. Every single Muslim is the enemy of every single human being on the planet who is not a Muslim. I want this to sink in. It is so important. You have Somalis brought, Obama brought hundreds of thousands, I think, of Somalis 
in Minnesota and other places in the United States of America. They will never integrate. No Muslim will ever integrate. No Muslim will ever assimilate. They can't. It's not because they are evil. It's because they are forbidden by the Quran. Again and again and again. If I don't prove it to you or prove it to people who are listening, they think I'm exaggerating. So I will quote for you, if you don't mind, from the Quran. Please. To prove my point. Sure. Al-Ma'idah, chapter 5, verse 51. The Quran says, O ye who believe Muslims, take not the Jews, Yahud, and the Christians, Nasara, for your friends and protectors. They are but friends and protectors to each other. And he amongst you Muslims that turns to them for friendship is of them. The implication of the last sentence is of immense importance. And I repeat it. And he amongst you Muslims that turns to them, that the Jews and Christians for friendship is of the means that any follower of Muhammad who befriend or under the rule of Christians or Jews or any other non-Muslim group would be considered apostates to Islam, outsiders to Islam, enemies of Islam who must be slaughtered. Again, in a nutshell, no Muslim in the USA or any non-Muslim country can ever be loyal to the American Constitution because it is man-made, not from Allah Sharia. Nor can any Muslim in the USA or any non-Muslim country be a loyal citizen because non-Muslim Americans are called infidels, kuffar, unbelievers, kafirun, to be either subjugated or exterminated. Again, ladies and gentlemen, there are in America, CARE, C-A-I-R, Council of American Islamic Relations. There is ISNA, the Islamic Society of North America. I have been begging for any of them, and CARE has a man called Ibrahim Hooper, who was converted from Christianity to Islam, the idiot, to debate me. Twelve years later, none. Why do you think they don't want to debate me, Mr. Hagman? Oh, because you would uh, you would be victorious in in, in, in any intellectual uh, uh, arena and debate. This is what this is the tragedy. Uh, by the way, I have been begging also my supporters in Nazis America to allow me if I get a chance with Hannity, fifteen minutes with Hannity, prime time television, I will come to America. I will show my face. I will put my life in danger. I don't mind. 15 minutes with Hannity will, birth, will be worth it. Yes. But 15. Can anybody erase that? Well, you know, we're going to put, I'll, I'll tell you what, folks, and our audience is the broadest of audiences. And I believe in Mr. Al-Razuli here. I really believe that this is necessary. We need to get him on uh, Sean, the, the Sean Hannity program right now, that's the hot ticket. So, um, and there's a lot of truth being spoken here, all truth by Mr. IQ L. Rizzoli. So, you know what, folks, this is a call to action. Let's make it happen. And if, if there is any audience of any independent media 
out there. It's you that can make this happen, ladies and gentlemen. So let's see what we can do. Um, your contact information is on your website, correct? Your email or, or where people can... Yes, it says okay. at gmail.com. Okay. All Look, right. if enough Americans tweet Hannity about there me you go. or email Hannity about me, Sooner or later, maybe he will wake up and look at it. Amen. That's and right. most probably invite me. Because honestly, when we have an interview, because I like Hannity because he allows his, uh, his invited person to talk. O'Reilly, very good, but he will not allow you to talk a lot because he will interrupt you again and again. Yes. I cannot be, I cannot be interrupted. When I start going, I can't stop. I don't want to be interrupted. Are you with me? We, we we love it. Yes, and, and nor should you be. That's that's so important to let to let the guests talk. Uh, I want Americans to understand how evil Islam is. Islam is evil because Muhammad was evil, and Muhammad was the most evil bipedal creature that ever walked the face of the earth. People think of Hitler. That's true. Hitler caused the death and destruction of 55 million people. 55. I'm, called, I'm only talking about death and destruction. Muhammad caused the death and destruction and unhappiness in 1400 years of 2500 million people. I want that to be, to be absorbed by the American mind. 2500 million people. What I'm talking about is Every living Muslim is the first victim of Islam. The first victim of Islam are Muslims. They have no future. They have no joy. Khomeini of Iran, the greatest authority of Islam in Sharia, sorry, in Shia Islam, he said there is no such thing as joy in Islam. And it's true. Because Islam is submission to Allah. And Allah demands from Muslims that they cannot dance, they cannot sing, they cannot play music, they cannot drink wine or any intoxicant, they cannot gamble, they cannot play chess, uh, they cannot have sex unless it's wed- uh, wedded to somebody, they can't have anything. But, oh my goodness, when they die killing infidels in jihad, there we get the 72 versions in Muhammad's whorehouse of the uh, version of paradise. So tell me, you have hundreds of millions of young men who have no pleasure, none whatsoever in life. But they are promised all the pleasures that they were prohibited in life to have it in the afterlife after they kill infidels. I know from the point of view of decent human beings, what I'm saying is sounds outrageous. But it isn't outrageous. This is the fact. And I always say to people who think I'm being outrageous, prove me wrong. It's so simple. Prove me wrong. Take child molestation. Do you mind if I go over that? Please do, sir. We and only have about uh, two and a half minutes before break, but yeah, let's get into well, that's, it. And... No, that, that's not enough. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to say, I really, to me, that is one of the most important aspects 
um, that we need to get into. And uh, we only have, you know, we don't, yeah, we only have a few minutes at to the top of the hour. But um, and again, folks, our, our guest is Mr. IQ El Razuli. He is. You were born in Iraq, correct? You're, you're an Iraqi, right? Of course, I was born in Iraq. I was born in Baghdad, in fact, in the capital. All right. So my my language is Arabic. My mother tongue is Arabic. Um, I grew up with in a secular background because my parents were not religious. That's why they were intelligent enough, God thank God, that allowed me to go and travel to study in Europe. And it was only in Europe that I started comparing what the, the, the Quran to the Bible because I couldn't do that in the Middle East. In the Middle East, you speak about the Bible and try to compare it to the Quran, they will kill you. Hmm. Uh, so it's not supposed to be any comparison. After all, the Quran is supposed to be the ultimate word of Allah, and they tell you Allah is God, but Allah is not God, as I've proven it, and the Quran, the Quran proves it, in fact, in another 20, 30 other verses, proves how stupid Allah is when he's quoting the, uh, the Bible. Uh, and, the, and Allah is very stupid because it's Muhammad. Allah is Muhammad, ladies and gentlemen. I proved it to you, and I'm repeating it to you. There, nobody revealed anything to Muhammad. Nobody. Every single item in the Quran was literally Muhammad's idea. And by the way, he revealed these verses in situations. It's a situational revelation. I call them made to measure revelations as and when he needed them. So yes, um, when I came to Europe, my eyes were open. My brain was it expanded a billion times. And I mean literally a billion times. Because I was able to read and contrast and compare and realize that everything that the Quran mentions about the Bible is wrong. Completely wrong. That's what it is. So I made it a million So it became a mission. I am on a mission. Uh, in my, by the way, it might sound arrogant, but it isn't. I have been chosen for this mission. By whom I don't care. I've been inspired by this on, to do this mission. I'm on mission. But uh, Donald Trump, he was chosen. There's no question in my mind. There is no question that Donald Trump was chosen. Well, you know, a lot of people agree with that, and um, there are some things going on that are making some people uneasy, especially with Syria. In his response to Syria, uh, people believe he's flipped around, but he's got a lot of people in his ear. And we're going to have to wait to see what actions are taken um, there. But we're talking with IQ al-Razuli. We're talking about the uh, cult of Islam and what it is doing to our world. And we're going to be getting into uh, some interesting conversation right after this short break. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after these messages. Stay with us.
Just what kind of thriller predicts the future? In three days in the belly of the beast, Daniel Holdings wrote about the God Particle before CERN actually discovered the God Particle. In As the Darkness Falls, Daniel wrote about an Islamist terrorist confederacy that rose up out of Syria and declared a caliphate three years before ISIS was ever heard of. In his newest novel, Between the Veil, Daniel talks about a space between dimensions where supernatural beings can walk. He says that these novels are a warning from the creator to his creation. Will war come to America? Will the world's economies collapse? Are we looking at increased earthquakes and volcanic activity? Will the United States fall into civil war? You can find all of Daniel's work at his website, DanielHoldings.com. That's DanielHoldings.com. All of these things and more are talked about in Daniel's books. To find out what's coming next, go to DanielHoldings.com. Worldwide demand is making coconuts one of the highest-yielding cash crops available today. Coca-Cola, Pepsi, and many high-net-worth individuals have invested billions of dollars into coconuts for strong growth and solid long-term income. Yields could be as high as 18% or more per year. Capital appreciation and exceptional income for up to 60 long years would be an absolutely brilliant investment to pass on to future generations. Diversify wisely with direct ownership of fully managed coconuts on prime farmland close to the beautiful Costa Rican border. For more information, qualified accredited investors should go to ProfitsInCoconuts.com or phone 855-888-6288. That's 855-888-6288. This announcement does not constitute an offer to sell securities or a solicitation of an offer to purchase. Offer made by prospectus only. 855-888-6288 or visit ProfitsInCoconuts.com. ProfitsInCoconuts.com. You may never look at your city, town, or its people the same way ever again. Stained by Blood, a murder investigation based upon a true story by private investigator Douglas J. Hagman. Using the character Mark Stiles, Hagman takes you on a journey behind the scenes where the homicide becomes a secondary to an underworld of satanic ritual abuse, child abduction, and even mind-controlled experimentation. For five years, a brutal killer remained on the loose, free to kill again. As Mark struggles to navigate the maze of bizarre twists and untangle a web of deeply hidden secrets kept by some of the most powerful and influential people in his community and beyond. Stain by Blood. Order your copy of this engaging novel today at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood at HagmanandHagman.com and click on the link. Stain by Blood. Before the break, he was just going to get into the well, the topic of of child bondage, uh, pedophilia. IQ El Razuli, go ahead and uh, take it away with that. That's uh, boy, that's a showstopper at the beginning of the top of the hour. Go ahead, sir. Thank you. Western civilization with the Judeo-Christian foundation. 
has attempted to reach society of its movement toward harming the weak in our cultures. But there's always cracks and victims fall and we have to protect them. I'll give you an example. There is practice of pederastry in, let's say, in Afghanistan. The, it happened while the Americans are there. It has been happening while the Russians were there. It has been happening for 1400 years. Children are molested in Afghanistan by the hierarchy, by the top level people, by men. The Defense Department knows about it and they kept their mouth shut. And some officers who were literally aghast at what was happening and wanted to tell the American people what was happening were removed from office. This vile practice of pederasty, which is sex between an adult male and a boy, has been and still is practiced in Islam. And is supported by the Quran and Hadith. Islamic law has no established, well, let's put it this way, Islamic law has so established it to the extent that the Islamic rule book specifies who should and should not be the object of a man's amorous attentions. The Quran Hadith on allowing boy rape, only pedophiles and their enablers believe this is consensual. I'll give you verses from the Quran. Al-Tur, chapter 52, verse 24. And they shall have boys, Ghulman in Arabic, Ghulman, who will walk around them, among them, as if they were hidden pearls. Now what I'm describing is what the Quran is saying to the followers of Muhammad, who will end up in Muhammad's whorehouse version of paradise. It's not only the 72 virgins, ladies and gentlemen, it's not only women. The martyrs will also have the pleasures of young boys. Al-Waqi'ah 56.22 And dark-eyed ones, Hurun Ayinan, the likes of hidden pearls. He's talking here now about women. The next verse, Al-Insan 76.19 And boys, never altering in age, Wuldanun Khalidunah will circulate among them. Khalidun means will be forever young. You've got to remember, the 72 virgins are permanently virgins. That means even when the martyr has sex with them, they will be virgins again. And these boys, they are permanently young forever. So what do we have here? There are many more verses, tons of more verses, of similar meanings. So the Quran is telling the followers of Muhammad, the males, that they can have sex with women and they can have sex with boys. In the Sahih collection of Al-Bukhari, uh, his book of marriage, it says, Bukhari is saying, as for whom ever plays with a boy, if there is full penetration, then he should not marry his mother. What does it mean? When the male leader in Afghanistan 
one of the military leaders or one of the political leaders takes away a young child from a family and penetrates him he cannot marry the mother what does it mean I have no idea I don't know why Muhammad said it why he put it in this context the important thing is he's talking about penetration 95% it is the figures are from Pakistan 95% of Pakistani truck, truck drivers have sex with boys there is a group of young boys in uh, Afghanistan called the Bacha Bazi. They are the dancing boys of Afghanistan. The twisted Islamic practice of pederasty, homosexual sex between boys and men. The, the Bacha Bazi means boy play. That means playboy. In the sense, is a tradition found across Afghanistan where boys dress as women and perform sex. The boys can be as young as 10 years old. So what do we have? We have a belief system which is the exact opposite in every category you can possibly imagine Judeo, to Judeo-Christianity. That is why the Muslim Brotherhood, for example, object and the United Nations, uh, the Muslims in the United, in the 57 Muslim states in the United Nations object to allow freedom of women. Because there are, there is no freedom of women in Islam. They object when you say you can't marry a girl lower than, let's say, 17 or 16 years old. Because they allow in the Quran to marry a, a little girl up, even if she's six years old, but you can penetrate her when she's nine years old. Why? That's what Muhammad did with Aisha. He so-called married her when she was six and he penetrated her when she was nine. And the Muslims also object when you, you don't have pederasty because it's allowed in the Quran. Back to you, sir. It's disgusting. It's it, it, I know. It, well, well it's, it, yeah. It sure is. You know, it's, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but it is such a revolting subject. But necessary to discuss because... Yes, yes. And, and you know, um, I, I, I am amazed at the emails I get from Christians who admonish us for discussing this. To me, you know, that shows a cowardice of the, on the part of the Christians. We need to confront this. We don't shrink shirk from it you know we need that we need to address this because uh, the victims here are the children and christians if you don't wake up if you don't get your head out of your collective asses i said that that's right i said that and i'm not gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna get emails for saying that but if you don't wake up and listen to mr iq el razuli and people like him it will be our heads and not our butts that'll be on the chopping block. This is amazing. Is this what we're seeing, sir, with respect to the rapes in Sweden and such? No, no. The rapes in Sweden. Um, again, what I'm saying sounds outrageous, but it is not outrageous. Every male Muslim consider every female non-Muslim as a whore. Literally. Literally. 
and they rape them because they don't consider them as a human being. You've got to understand the Muslim mind. You see, you cannot defeat an enemy if you don't understand his psychopathology or his psychology. If you don't understand your enemy's thinking, manner of thinking, you will never be able to defeat. That's it. It's very simple. It's not complicated. This is why for the last 60 years, the Russians failed, the Americans failed, the Europeans failed, and they continue to fail with Islam. Because they haven't figured out how evil Islam is. They haven't. And this is why they failed. And they will continue to fail. And the ones who will pay the price are the innocent citizens of America and the innocent citizens of Europe. So they rape women in all over Europe and Sweden is one of the worst places because they consider these women as whores. They're not Muslim women. They don't rape Muslim women. They rape Christian women. I hope I made myself clear. Yeah, Mr. Rizzoli, I got a, a question uh, back to the, the pedophilia aspect. You know, we've seen people like um, Brennan, the, the former head of the CIA, and others in, in high levels of government and Hollywood supporting and converting to Islam. Do you believe that is because uh, the pedophilia aspect, or is there something more going on there? Okay, I'll tell you what. I've been asked many times, both in in many American interviews. Why is it that in the prison systems, both in Europe and America, Muslims take over? Simple question. The priest goes there, he cannot convert very many people to Christianity. The, the imam goes there, he converts most of the uh, prison people to Islam. Simple. Again, it's simple. Because to criminals, Islam is music to their ear. What do I mean by that? The criminal is there because he raped somebody, robbed somebody, or murdered somebody. But in Islam, he is given the right to rape, murder, and plunder anybody who is not a Muslim. That's 97% of Americans. I hope I make myself clear. I keep asking the question, do I make myself clear? I'm not being facetious. I'm trying to try to understand whether you know what I'm getting at. Yeah. It is music to the ear of the criminal. Why? Because Muhammad, when he left Mecca, Hajara means he migrated. That's what's happening in, the, in Europe and America. The, the Muslims are migrating. That means invading. When he left Mecca to Medina, after one and a half years, he became the head of the, mo the first organized crime syndicate in human history. Islam is a crime syndicate. Has been for 1400 years and will continue forever, for as long as Islam is existing. It's a crime syndicate. It allows every Muslim to plunder, rape, enslave, slaughter, murder, non-Muslims. It's music to the ear of the criminal. So, the elite. How many elite change? Very few of them. But nonetheless, 
They cannot possibly have two branches of logic. They have no decency. No decent human being with two branches of logic would convert to Islam. It is impossible. I'm telling you now. Impossible. You have to be evil to convert to Islam. Sounds outrageous, doesn't it? But I tell you something, it's true. Not outrageous. Because it's the most evil belief system that has ever been insinuated into the human consciousness. Ever. And again I say, ladies and gentlemen, pick up some of one and a half million dollars or debate me. Prove me wrong. I imagine uh, that you're not too popular walking, you know, walking through the streets of the Middle East. Um, <laughs> I would have lost two seconds. What are they talking about? <laughs> yeah. Did you know? One hundred percent of all acts of terror in the world today against infidels are committed by Muslims, and only by Muslims. One hundred percent, not ninety-nine point nine. No. 100% of all acts of terror against infidels are committed only by Muslims. This is the peaceful Islam that uh, hmm. Obama is talking about. You know, if I can back up, too, you said something earlier, and I wanted to just get your take on this. You had mentioned Benghazi in the context of Obama and you know, you said something like, "If if if the what happened in Benghazi didn't convince people about Obama, nothing would." Or something. I'm paraphrasing here. What did you mean by that in terms of Benghazi itself? I thought that was an interesting statement that you made. I'll tell you what it means. Without Benghazi, there would have been no ISIS. Why? Because the fact that they killed or caused the death of uh, Muammar al-Qaddafi, the leader of Libya. This is why ISIS uh, became very dominant in North Africa. Muammar al-Qaddafi, after uh, he was attacked during Reagan, he said to the American government, here are the keys, I have no weapons of mass destruction. And since that day, till he was murdered, uh, he had no weapons of mass destruction. Why did Hillary Clinton remove him? By the way, it's on YouTube if you want to figure it out. She was interviewed after he was murdered and she said, we came, we saw, he died. And she was gloating. Why did she remove him? He had Libya under control. Saddam Hussein in my country had the whole of Iraq under control. True, he was a dictator. But show me democracy in a Muslim country. It doesn't exist. By the way, it existed in Turkey only when Turkey was secular under the military. Up to a point. It was Kamal Ataturk who realized he hated the Arabs, by the way, Kamal Ataturk. He hated Islam. Why? Because he knew that the caliphate, that the empire of the Turks collapsed because of Islam. So he turned Turkey into secular society. He forbade the hijab. He forbade all forms of Quranic extremism. 
And what do we have? We have Erdogan. We have Erdogan, who is he? He is 100% Islamist, 100% Sharia compliant, and now he wants to be Khalifa. So in answer to your questions, it is very, very difficult to fathom the human mind who will convert from Christianity to Islam or from any belief system to Islam. It's got to be evil. Cannot be good. IQ, uh, while we're talking about the dictators in the Middle East that have been overthrown by the U.S. government and our U.S. policy, any thoughts on what's going on in Syria? Yeah. What I don't like at the moment, I mean, I, lo- I love Donald Trump. I love it. I love what he said. He said, secure the border, bring back economy, bring back jobs, all these things. I love this. But for him to jump to the conclusion that it was Assad who used chemical weapons is wrong. Why? Muslims, and it has been proven in the war between the Israelis and in Gaza, that was only four or five years ago, will always use human shields. They use their own women, they will use their own children, they will use the hospitals, they will use the uh, everything civilian to defend the jihadis. It's the exact opposite of what the Israelis do. The army defends the civilians in here with Islam, they use the, the human shield. Now, it is not impossible that the attack was against uh, a locality and when it exploded all the ammunition and the gas weapons were there and they exploded they didn't know they had gas warfare, warfare weapons there because it is inconceivable for Assad when everybody is looking at him and when he's having the advantage to use a chemical weapon there is no reason for him to use a chemical weapon and four years ago when he was accused of using chemical weapons the investigation proved it was the other side who used it to blame it on him it's that simple America must not interfere in Syria America if they want if, if Donald Trump was to interfere in Syria he's going to make the same mistake as Obama he will make a threat and he will not follow it or if he follows it we'll have a war a war with whom? not with Syria a war with Russia America mm. must not interfere in Syria America should talk with Russia Donald Trump must talk to Putin Donald Trump and Putin must meet Donald Trump and China are meeting Donald Trump and China Donald Trump and uh, Putin Russia, China and America together will be able to defeat Islam individually you will never defeat Islam never not now, not ever. Not China alone, not Russia alone, not America alone. Cannot be done. You know, uh, what I was seeing, and I know Joe had done a lot of research on this, but I, I, I like, uh, ex- uh, I, I like what you said, uh, but what I'm seeing here is when, when something like this happens, when, when a chemical weapon attack happens or a chemical attack happens 
my question is who benefits and i can i can see no benefit to assad at exactly. all exactly exactly always find out what what you said is perfect who benefits he doesn't benefit anything he doesn't need to kill 57 people it will not make any advantage to him especially if they're civilians especially if they're children none but for the opposition yes 100% benefit so don't jump to conclusions and especially with the media in America they yeah. want war I don't know why they want war you know who will die in the war not the news media Americans I agree and you've done your assessments on this are 100% and, and folks I've been listening to our guest Mr. IQ El Razuli for a number of years I have never ever not one time found him to overstate anything or even be incorrect on these kinds of subjects so I would recommend I highly recommend uh, his website which is linked off of Hagman Report his books support this man uh, I, I really I'm a big proponent of, of, of this man we are going to blow past the bottom of the hour break to give you the most maximum time uh, and I want to thank the networks for doing that thank you Global Star Radio Network for uh, allowing us to do that and for stepping in so the uh, and, and one more thing about Syria that I saw sir was we were looking at this we are talking about this before the show Russia and to a lesser extent the United States military are, well Russia in particular I shouldn't say United States Russia and um, Assad's army have been very very effective at uh, hitting ISIS and pushing ISIS back in Syria so the timing as well of this chemical attack seems very suspect to me as well So you're right, absolutely right for years Obama didn't do anything in Syria he sent rockets and missiles while trucks were going all the way to Turkey with making millions of dollars to the ISIS until the Russians went in and destroyed them how is it possible Mr. Hagman, how is it conceivable that the United States of America in four years was able to defeat the might of Imperial Japan and the might of Germany, Nazi Germany and yet for seven years or eight years or ten years they haven't been able to defeat a few tens of thousands of ISIS mm. how is that possible, how is that conceivable unless there is collusion absolutely as we are talking I just, uh, Joe just brought this up um, and I don't know whether you have seen this or not but the United States launches missiles at Syrian base. United 50 Tomahawk missiles. 50? At an air base. 50 Tomahawk missiles have been launched by the United States against Syria just now. And that puts That's, my That's a mistake. Yep. That's a huge mistake, believe me. That's a huge mistake. Because if Russians die, how is how do you think Putin will react? Yeah, there's Russians all over there. Um, exactly. So, we have collateral damage here. Look what happened between Turkey and Russia for one aircraft. Mm -hmm. mm. What What is the advantage to America to interfere? Zero. None. 
it's a mistake. If it's true, it's a mistake. In, in my not so humble opinion, it's a mistake. And it contradicts everything that Trump was saying about Syria uh, from the 2013 gas attack to Obama to what yeah. he said in his campaign. Yes, but that's what he was elected not to be interfering. Exactly. But he is following the same steps, unfortunately. You know, you have McMaster, his two advisors, one in the Defense Department, one in the Intelligence, they talk about Islam as if the terrorists are not Muslims. Huge, huge, dangerous mistake. Again. Well, again, I repeat, sorry, again I repeat, if you do not understand your enemy's mind, you will never defeat him. Never. It's true. The, the, the art of war by Sun Tzu. Uh, yes, it's simple. It's simple. Muhammad said 1400 years ago, war is deception. He should know. He did it all his life. Deception. War is deception. Yes. That's the art of war. That's right. Th th that's absolutely right. Well, uh, w w what do you see? I, I mean, I, I know we've discussed this, and, and I don't. I know you don't have a crystal ball, but now the, the, having the, the 50 Tomahawk missiles, apparently they were aimed at an air base. I don't quite understand how you can, or um, intended yeah, for a single target. There's some stuff yet to be seen with this, so. But it's uh, John. John, who was on with us the first hour, he sent the he sent me a text saying as much, and I looked on the on the yeah. Drudge, and there's a few reports, and he keeps sending me different links. So it's not just one source. No, it, this is confirmed through N, uh, NBC, CBS, AP, and well, if you believe all them, but um, NRT. Not reporting on this. Uh, what would you expect, IQ, the, the result or the consequence? I, I know you don't have a crystal ball. What would you expect from this now? Well, I'll give you an example. Supposing the the Syrian Air Force will attack now any, any aircraft carrier. Mm. Yeah. Who's going to say they have no right? Syria is a sovereign state. Assad is still the president of Syria, irrespective of how much you hate him. It's a sovereign state. That was an attack. That's an act of war, by the way. America committed an act of war. Against whom? Syria was never part of the American uh, sphere of influence. Never. Syria was always either part of the Soviet Union or Russia. Why is America interfering? Hmm. I support America 99% of the time. But that doesn't mean I support America when they do something wrong. No way. I'm not going to do that. No way. This is wrong. And there is no advantage, none whatsoever. And if he, if Trump is thinking he's making a, a, a gesture towards North Korea, you know what the easiest way about North Korea? Next time North Korea shoots a missile, shoot it down. Sure. Then he will know not ever to do it again. And if you shoot again, shoot it down again. You don't need to go to war. It's in international space. Shoot it down. But this, what, if it's true, I'm not saying it's not true. And because my mind is boggling now. Why would Obama, why would Trump do that? Who is he impressing? 
the Chinese? Yeah. America must talk to Putin. Russia is not the enemy of the United States, no matter what the news media are telling. Russians love America. Russians. I'm talking about the ordinary men and women. They emulate America. They would love to be all of them in America. Russia is not the enemy. Obama was the enemy of Russia. He encroached upon Russia. Why does, why did Putin invade, uh, the eastern part of Ukraine and the Crimea? Why? Because under Obama, they removed a prime minister of the Ukraine who supported Putin. This is not, uh, conspiracy, conspiracy theory. This is a fact. It's a reality. It's a reality. And yet they expect Putin to stay and do nothing. Putin is a nationalist, by the way. 100% Russian, born again Russian Orthodox nationalist. Why do I say born again Russian Orthodox? Because his relationship with Kirill, the patriarch of Russian Orthodoxy, is literally one on one. Mm. Yeah. I don't know if you know this, but it's true. He's not a communist. He grew up, his mother used to take him to church, irrespective that his father was a communist leader in the, uh, in the intelligence service. It had nothing to do with it. He grew up with Christianity in his blood. He's not a Catholic, he's not a Protestant, Russian Orthodox, but he's a Christian. Russia and America must work together, not fight with each other. Because the only people... Look, Russia has enemy called Islam. China has enemy called Islam. America has the same enemy called Islam. India has the same enemy called Islam. The whole world has the same enemy called Islam. Only Islam, common denominator. It's true. Yes. Yes, and and to, and to see this maneuver now, it, to me, and you're right, IQ. I mean, this is a horrendous mistake, and and I'm, I'm, I'm astounded. I really am shocked. I'm shocked. I'm sorry. Well, you, you we got further reports that saying that it's a runway and a chemical weapons storage facility at an airport. That well, it's a, a chemical weapons storage facility. Why did they blow it up? <laughs> yeah. That's uh, I mean, and we were going over reports in the beginning of the show of how good point. the Obama administration praised and touted their Syrian policy that all the Syrian chemical weapons were destroyed. So according to Obama and his press secretary and um, a lot of his other minions, they, they were, and John Kerry, they were running around saying that they destroyed 100% of, of the chemical weapons without having to get into a, a fight with Syria. But we know that's not true. Um, I'll tell you something. Everybody tells me that they uh, FBI knows this, that CIA knows that, but do you know what? If you literally are unbiased and logical, the CIA and the intelligence services of the United States of America failed again and again and again and again for the last 60 years or more. They failed when they underestimated, when America had the atom bomb. They underestimated how many years the Chinese would have it. They underestimated how many years the Russians would have it. They underestimated how many years the Iranian, sorry, the Indians and the Pakistanis have it. 
They are underestimating how many years it will take for the Iranians to have it. Always wrong. Always wrong. Hundreds of billions of dollars, trillions of dollars wasted. I'm not kidding with you. In 2010, when I was being interviewed after the so-called Muslim Arab Spring, I said it will never end in democracy. The Muslim Brotherhood will take over. And that is exactly what happened. And what do I have? I have a computer worth $750. But I have knowledge. They don't have any knowledge. I don't care how many spy satellites they have. Without knowledge of your enemy, you are not going to win. I don't care how many satellites you have. It's a good point. And a very, <laughs> a, a, a very humble, from a very humble perspective, that that's a very good point. Without without knowledge of your enemy, you're not going to win, and uh, it doesn't matter how many eyes in the sky you've got. It's the tactics that count. It's the knowledge of the enemy, I should say, that counts. Absolutely. Oh, my word. And it's so simple. I promise you, life is simple. Humans make it complicated. Yes. Humans, only humans make it complicated. And yet it's simple. It's either this or that. Very few shades in between. Either you are evil or you are good. How evil you are is irrelevant. You are either evil or you are good. That's right. It's only sun, light, or darkness. That's it. Binary. Everything in the universe is binary. Up, down, left, right, good, evil, black, white, binary. It's interesting you use that term binary because uh, everything is is anti-binary now. It's more than binary, especially when it comes to the social norms and the sexual norms. Uh, But but you're right, and there is no folks. There's no gray area, um, at least not between good and evil. It's either good or evil. And you're right, light or dark. You're a hundred percent accurate. We are communicating now. Everything we are communicating, you are communicating, whether we're talking with each other or the screen. It's binary. That's right. Zero or one. All the all the the internet is working on zero and one. Zero or one. Nothing else. Yep. Trillions, quadrillions of zeros and ones going through. That's how it's working. Binary. And it's very, it, how simple is that? It is, it is simple. Life is simple. We complicate it. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> well, IQ, I'll tell you what, we've, uh, I, I want to turn the program over to you. Uh, I know it's late where you are. I know it's, uh, I know you've, you've been doing radio. You've had radio shows before our interview. Um, here in the next 15 minutes, you just take us where you want to take us and, uh, um, I would like to discuss Muhammad and Satanism. All right. Those who have not read Muhammad's Quran <clears throat> would not know that it is full of stories about demons, jinns, and Satan or Satan. Readers should be made aware from the very outset that the whole of the first five books of the Bible. There is not a single mention of Satan, devil, jinn, iblis, afrit, or any other adversary 
to mighty God. Muhammad Quran is the only scripture that considers the conclaves of demons, devils, and satans as creatures conducting a parallel existence to human race with specific intent of misguiding humanity and leading them to hell. It's the only scripture. All of these creatures are used by Muhammad in his Quran as fall guys and scapegoats upon whom the Muslims can throw the blame for their own failures, their lapses, their immorality, their misconduct, their inadequacies, their stupidities, and their misdeeds. Even in modern times, Muslims rarely, if ever, take any responsibility for their actions. They invariably blame other entities of Satanism, such as Western imperialism, Christians, Jews, Zionists, Hindus, Buddhists, the USA, the unbelievers, Kuffar, always somebody else. These symptoms are part and parcel of the Muslim cult belief system, from which it is almost impossible to escape, as shall be conclusively demonstrated in the following verses from Muhammad Quran. They speak about the jinn, J-I-N-N. The jinn pre-existed Muhammad. According to pagan Arabian mythology, there were creatures or spirits of vanished ancient peoples who acted during the night and disappeared with the first light of dawn. They could make themselves invisible or change shape into animals at will. These spirits, by the way, were commonly believed to be responsible for the diseases of manias and lunacy. Pre-Islamic pagan Arabs feared them. The word majnun, from Arabic of course, meaning mad, is derived from jinn. Genie, G-E-N-I-E, is an anglicization of the original Arabic of jinn. Pre-Islamic pagan Arabs had really great fear from them. Muhammad very conveniently Islamized them. That means he incorporated them in his, in his Quran. Like almost everything from pagan Arabian religion. So, in his Quran, he incorporated similar to the devils and de demons. And in chapters number 72 called Surat al-Jinn. So you have a chapter completely called a jinn, which are the devils or demons. Now, in chapter 15, Al-Hijr, verse 27, it says, and the jinn race, he's talking about a race, we, Allah, had created before from fire and the scorching wind. So, according to the Quran, the jinn were also created by Allah, not only mankind. Allah presumably created the jinn race before the human race. Of course, the original story in the Bible does not mention anything about jinn because they actually belong to the mythology of Muhammad and his pagan Arabs. In Al-Ahqaf, chapter 46, verse 13, the Quran says, We, jinn or demons, we have heard the book revealed after Moses confirming what came before it 
is guides to the truth and to a straight path. He's talking about the Quran. That the Quran was revealed after Moses and it tells the truth. And they are the jinn, they are the demons. I can recite more and more verses to do with the jinn. But what we are discussing here is a mindset of a people of 1,500 million Muslims who have been deceived by a single human being called Muhammad who pretended that he received revelations from a God called Allah through an angel called Gabriel but nobody revealed anything to him he created every single verse in the Quran every single one of them so Satan's Muhammad and the Quran and Allah and Gabriel are one and the same. All of them are the voiceover of the ventriloquist called Muhammad. All of them. Back to you, sir. That's an amazing um, presentation. I did not know the origin of genie. And you made it very clear. Um, yeah, it okay. is. It's jinn. Okay. It's from the jinn. I mean, look, it is beyond human comprehension, especially of decent Judeo-Christians, even if they are pagans. It's beyond human comprehension to realize how evil Islam is. It is beyond, and it is evil. Indeed, it is, and. My my question, my my final, I, I suppose, closing question to you, IQ, um, is: Do you believe the globalists or whoever, the people running things, the elite, the the people that will never be affected necessarily directly by war, has Islam been weaponized? Because it can be weaponized. I mean, first of all, has Islam been weaponized uh, for the purpose of? Uh, you know, creating... Well, has Islam been weaponized? Yes. Okay. But, you see, like the... the creation that the humans create, Frankenstein, it will turn against them. Uh, if the people who weaponized Islam will think that they will be able to control the Muslims, big mistake. Mm. We never... The Muslims will take over. Because they are more evil than they are. It's very simple. Again, I'm telling you. It's very simple. They're creating, or they have created, a Frankenstein monster. But this is not a zombie. This is a thinking, human Frankenstein monster. With 1,500 million human beings. With weapons of mass destruction. With unlimited wealth. Yes. They will lose. Humanity will lose. And we'll have dark ages forever. Wow. If Islam wins, it's the end of human civilization. Uh, I, 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 I wasn't, uh, I guess I wasn't truthful with you. I've got one more question for you. We've got, go for it. I'm we, here. <laughs> we've got, uh, at least, well, two known Muslim, uh, Muslims in, uh, Congress, in our, in our Congress. I know. I know. That can't be good. And, and they swore, one of them swore on the... Quran. 
Quran in the Congress. Right. They can never, ever be loyal. It's impossible. That's and this is a tragedy. They swore on the Quran. And the Quran is the nemesis of the American Constitution. So what do they swear on? Tell me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's simple. Again, I tell you, it's simple. It's not complicated. This is this to me. This to this folks has been, in my view, one of the most critical interviews that we've done with respect to the the uh, the, the current geopolitical situation and Islam as a whole. IQ, we've basically reached the end of our program. I just want to say thank you so very much for all you've done. We've just got some house cleaning left up to do, and then we're out. But thank you for your gift, a gracious gift of time. Thank you for having me, and I would love it if you send me emails or tell me what the reaction has been for this interview. I'll be grateful. There, okay, we will do so. So, folks, send your emails all either to me or to IQ. Uh, or to us at the studio at hagmanhagman.com or to, uh, directly to IQ. We'll get, either way, we'll get them to IQ. And I, I need a link to that one. I need a link to this interview when you have time. Yeah, in fact, uh, you'll have that uh, tomorrow. Our producer, John, will get that to you tomorrow. God bless you. God bless you, you sir. You stay safe. Bye. Thank you. Folks, that was IQ El Razuli. My goodness, and and I mean this. We need to really let him know what a difference he is making. Do you realize? Uh, do you realize that he is putting his life on the line? I mean, to speak this frankly about Islam. Now we see the fruits. We see bad intelligence, malicious intelligence. Remember, remember me telling you. Remember me using that phrase, malicious intelligence. Do you remember? This is a couple of years ago now. From That was a phrase used by my contact at DHS. I believe, Joe, that these... And, and some people are saying, why 50 Tomahawk missiles? Why? Why? You know, the answer to that is to overwhelm the Russian air defense system that's being used by the Syrian army. They didn't need 50. A couple would do, but a couple couldn't get through the uh, the Russian uh, air defense system employed by Syria. Let me ask you this. Do you think this will be the only strike that we see? Or do you think there'll be more? It's going to depend on, on cooler heads. I believe this. I, I've often said this, and how many times, folks, and you can go back and listen to what I've said. I already know what you're going to say. <laughs> say it. Syria is the beginning to World War Three. World War Three will start in Syria. That's right. Not Iran, not Iraq, not North Korea, but Syria. World War Three will start in Syria. And I think that Donald Trump, and, and I do believe this explains why Steve Bannon was replaced or or, or removed. He wasn't from the removed. Na- he was in the meeting today. Okay, in the committee, he was removed from the the, the National Security Committee. Committee, but he correct. was the, the head of that. He was removed as the head of that. I okay. He but, was in the meeting today. But to me, now it's starting to make sense. And you've got Jared Kushner in there, and you can. And that's and, the, now you can the start connecting for, the dots. Yep. Here we go. It's now it's a party. Well. 
facetiously I say that. But see, this is going to be unacceptable to so many. It, it, it's unacceptable to me. Because there is no uh, congressional approval. That's, uh, it's well, more but, of the but, same. But, uh, Monica missiles, uh, did, did Billy Bob... Uh, no. Uh, since when does congressional approval matter anymore? Uh, it's the law, but I guess it doesn't. Okay. It I, should. I, I mean, for for crying out loud, you, you had Clinton uh, throwing Monica missiles. Remember those. You, you had uh, uh, you, you had uh, Odingo... Uh, what was his name? Oh, 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 Odingo, Obama. I'm kidding. Okay, but you had him uh, selectively firing off uh, rounds here and there. I mean, look at look at the entirety of the Middle East, and look at what IQL Razuli was talking about with respect to the Arab Spring. That that Arab Spring moniker was because of, um, I mean, that that was self named and pushed by the media. But folks, listen to me remember us saying it's not I mean the the road is going to be bumpy remember a couple of weeks remember I I'm not surprised by this remember I said 10 days 2 weeks oh and there's going to be more there's going to be more this is just the start, and if if and and, uh, and I'm just going to say this because I'm angry at, at the at the Christians out there who have remained silent because that that's like a, that, that's like a member of my family. I'd be angry at a member of my family if they would remain silent in, in the face of bad things happening to us. And I'm going to tell you right now, Christians to me are my family. And I'm angry at you for keeping silent, those people, or or even worse, you know, acting as God's uh, uh, personal prosecutor over those people attempting to tell the truth. That angers me. But, okay, the, the, aside from that, what's happening today, and I'm going to tell you right now, what is happening today, folks, this is the start. Now, do I, do I think this is going to continue? Man, I'll tell you something. You, you got you got a couple you got a couple of neocons in the administration who have the ear of Donald Trump. Well, uh, I right. hope to God I when I hit my knees tonight I'm going to be praying that this is a one off it stops and I hope there's communication. Where, where in the hell? Okay, Chris Matthews and, and Rachel Mad Mad Cow. Okay, uh, explain explain this now. We are we are fighting a proxy war against Russia. Explain this now. Uh, seriously, explain how Donald Trump, how Russia has influenced this. Explain this. I want I want to hear this explanation. I can't wait. How they're going to twist this? Tingles Matthews and Mad Cow Butch Dyke uh, Mad Madow. This is a mistake built on lie after lie of the globalists. It is game on. It is the start of a new day. You got a bunch of numbskulls right now. You got, you, you, you got neocons frothing at the mouth for war yep. who love the sight of dead children. John McCain. It's a lie. It's a flippin' lie. If you th- what is, you heard IQ. What in the hell? Did Assad have to gain? And you got Tillerson saying he's got to go. 
You got uh, Nikki uh, at the UN beating the world. That's my big wonder: is why the change of pace, why the flip uh, that we've seen not only from Trump but from the administration. And again, what did Assad have to gain? If you go back to the first segment, John and I um, talked at, at length about this uh, latest Syrian gas attack. And the news is still reporting the 2013 attack as though Assad was guilty for that also when it's come out that he wasn't. There has been no verification of anything that, that we've seen, no no factual evidence that it came from Assad or his his regime. We don't even know what kind of gas was used. It's, the, the, there's been conflicting reports since the beginning. First it was chlorine-filled barrel bombs. Now it's... Uh, Sarin gas, and there's all these uh, videos. Of, uh, yeah, and there's all these videos of people handling. Uh, well, you did you know, some great research today. Um, without gloves, which sarin gas is a, is, a, is a gas that seeps into your pores and is easily transferable, even after somebody's laying dead from from it. But you have these rescue workers, um, who, if they had any uh, knowledge, medical knowledge, wouldn't be touching the victims, dead or alive, with their bare hands. There's videos out that raise questions. And those questions haven't been answered, so I think this is a premature um, well, action. Well, I, yeah, and, and and I, yeah, look, I, I think Trump went balls to the wall with this. And excuse me, if anyone's offended by by, by this talk, okay, I, I'm not. I'm. We'll clarify what you mean. I think he 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 said, okay, we we we're we're gonna nip this in the bud. <laughs> Remember Barney Five? Yeah, you got to nip this in the bud. Do some bud nipping. I think I think Trump, Donald, President Donald Trump had to to show that he was serious on this. Now, however, be giving a however, statement tonight. He better. But but I but here's the deal. I think okay. I I think what we're seeing right now is the beginning of a long-planned-out globalist agenda. This has been planned by the globalists. And remember what I said. I, 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 and I, I go back to what my source at DHS told me. Very well-connected, named Rosebud. And for those of you who thought that I was just listening to voices in my head, well, there you go. Okay, here we are. And I guarantee you, I guarantee you, if this is not tempered, and if cooler heads don't prevail, yeah, we could be at a shooting war with Russia. We could see attacks. I mean, IQ even said hey, an attack on an air, air, you know, one of our ships. Who knows? This, to me, folks, pray, pray like you've never prayed before. Pray for peace, because my goodness, all hell's about ready to break loose. And if you're not seeing what we're seeing. I don't know what to tell you. And if you're not prepared or getting prepared or thinking about preparing, well, you better move from thinking to be preparing. And anyone who says, well, this is all fear porn, doom porn, well, you can bite me. Because 50 tomahawks or 60 tomahawks beg to differ with your asshole uh, uh, opinion, asinine opinion. It just got real, didn't it? Done. We'll see. Apparently, Trump's supposed to address, give a give an address on what, why he did what he did. And um, I don't know. Hopefully, this is the only missile launch uh, with Syria we see. Again, I it is disappointing because we need. Um, it hasn't even been established that Assad did anything, and that's my biggest beef with this. Well, what would he have to gain, seriously? By but what would he have to gain? 
except for international condemnation, which he already had. They are they are frothing at the mouth like Hillary Clinton was frothing to get Gaddafi out. They, meaning Tillerson, uh, 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 Mickey D over there, what's his name, uh, uh, and McBuddy, you know, uh, he, they're frothing at the mouth to to, to get Assad out of there, and yeah. they're, they're working the, in conjunction with Israel. Go the ahead. missiles were launched from a warship in the Mediterranean. The Pentagon issued a statement saying they were confident no Russian forces were at the airfield. I don't... Uh, <laughs> they're all they're confident. They don't have 100% uh, verification either. Yeah, yeah. Rand Paul has said, you know, you must come to Congress for war approval. Um, there's a whole list on dredge of... Can you imagine if we if we knocked out, like, a, a number of Russian advisors? You th- how well do you think that's going to go over? Hey, Vlad, sorry about that. World War Three is going to start in Syria. Perhaps it's already started. I've said this before. I'm going to reinforce it. And if you're not prepared spiritually, emotionally, physically, start. This is not fear. This is not doom. This is just matter of fact. You got a problem with that? Take it up with the 60 tomahawks. They just uh, were fired. 50 or 60. Watch, helmet or. Um, HagmanReport.com for updates. We may take uh, we may take some do some updates here uh, during the night, or at the very least tomorrow. That'll do it for us tonight. Until tomorrow, stay safe. God bless. Have a great evening.